The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. You like that? Oh, you is this you on the keyboard? Is this your brother Gunner on the keyboard? What's going on here? This is a young man uh, we've known since he was a, a kid. He's a music producer. So earlier this year, I asked him. I said, "Hey, man, we need a new beat for this show, dude." And um, he came up with this, and um, you know, our producer Tone liked it, Xander liked it, Barrett loved it, Rob loved it. So it was unanimous. And we said, "That's it." Yeah, well, that's us. Well, well go ahead and uh, you know, add me to that list. Uh, fill in guy for Rob Ellis today on Sports Take because Rob has the day off. So it's my great pleasure to not only work with you, Derek Gunn, my longtime friend, but oh, also, also uh, listen to that great beat that you guys have dropped and open up every episode. That is fantastic. And now it's good to know the origin, man. How you doing? Good, man. See, we needed a beat that that signified our persona. See, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Cher, you know, like the music Cher, you know. So we needed something. I told Elvin, I said, dude, we need something with a little funk to it. Mm. You know, something that, you know, just puts you in the proper frame of mind. Where you lay your hand on a computer, you let the vibes flow through. You know? Mm. So th- that's what he came up with. And boom, we hit it. And... uh it's where we are, man. So this it, this is our signature open now, man. It's my it's my favorite scene in Shaft when you are walking down the street and just Rob's there hanging out, you know, like in Shaft. Anyway, uh, welcome uh, into the show today, everybody. This is Sports Take. I am filling in for Rob Ellis. My name is Mark Farzetta. I host the Farzy Show, which is now also on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well. This great program is brought to you by the wonderful people at Ocean Casino. You can also catch me on the Phillies post game show right here on Jacob Media as well. Gunner, uh, we we have worked together on uh, pre and post game uh, for the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel as well. When it comes to all things Philadelphia Eagles, we will certainly get our Eagles fix in today. When it comes to everything, but Gunner, when I tell you today, everything is on the docket. Oh, my God, truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> Everything is on the docket. What do we got today? We got uh, we got, we got basketball. Did you see the James Harden news just came across? Sham yeah. Sharania right before we went on saying that James Harden's torn between the 76ers and the Houston Rockets. We'll get to that. We got both, Gunner, listen to this. We got both football to discuss and 
football Foot, to football. discuss. Football. Yeah. We have the international game of soccer to discuss. We got live golf is on the docket. Hockey is on the docket. I look. This is my first time. I've been. Uh, this is my first time uh, on on Sports Take. I uh, I don't know if you guys have ever talked about more topics in the world of sports itself than than you will today. We have hit multitudes of topics, but we may top that list again today, my friend. The last time you and I did a show together was Super Bowl Sunday, I believe it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That's the last time. When the Eagles fell three points short of of, of hoisting that Lombardi trophy, you know. But you know what? They're loaded for Bear, and uh, they're the odds-on favorite to get back to the Super Bowl again this year. Um. I can tell by the tone and the speed of your voice that you must have had at least three or four shots of your espresso, <laughs> espresso coffee before you got on the show this morning. I, the same, I, the same espresso that you tried to kill me with when we sat side by side in the NBC offices, man. After I told you I don't drink espresso because it accelerates your heart like a hundred times. <laughs> well, all right. In my defense, you had fought the good fight for three or four months that we were sitting next to each other. And then one particular day, I believe it was, you had like double duty at the Novacare complex. You had yes. to go to another story somewhere else. I think you had to do a fishing scene with our friend Barrett. Uh, you had to do everything. And you said, and finally you broke down and you just said, I'm going to need uh, some of that espresso. And I was like, Hey man, I'm your man. Sure. Then I go, I get you a cup of the espresso, and you just – on. you know what's really funny about this, Gunner? I'm not even kidding you. What? On my what? phone, the memory – you know how your phone will say, like, on this day, memories, whatever? Yes. The memory of you going – I don't have – oh, yeah, I do have an espresso cup. You going full pinky in the air with the espresso that I gave you uh, at your desk in uh, at, at our old work. And us having just a, a laugh over it. And there it is. You bringing it up today as well. And, and look, you're a better man for it. Look, I've only had espresso twice. Once my wife tried to give it to me. We were at a great little coffee shop in La Jolla, California. I, I'm not a big coffee drinker. She said, oh, you got to try this espresso stuff. Man, my hands shook for like two hours afterwards, man. I was like, she's trying to get rid of me. <laughs> and then you conned me into doing it again. I should have known better. That was deep. That was decades later after the initial experience. I will not do espresso again. I do not uh, do espresso. I uh, I'm a four a day guy too. When I get up in the morning and I, I do I do I well I do the Farsi show at uh, at six a.m. and then and that's a you know live podcast taping and all that stuff as well. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll have one right before the show and then I have one when I'm helping getting the kids ready for school and then uh, I have like usually one in the afternoon and then one right before I watch the Phillies games. Uh, for the Jacob Media Phillies post game show, so I, I'm a four a day guy, and I and I do love it. Every little sip, Gunner. Every little sip, it's a vacation in my mind. Is what yeah, it is. I thought. I thought this is the time of day you get back in the coffin and get a few hours sleep because you get up before the sun comes up, <laughs> and you go back in the coffin for a few hours and you come back out <laughs> and you get ready for baseball and and of course uh, you know playing hockey goalie to two little kids uh, in, in your in your part time life as well. Yeah, sure, sure, exactly. Yeah, that, that's it. Uh, I uh, here's the thing with me. I uh, I, I moved to the suburbs, Gunner. Now oh, I, I don't oh, live. Excuse I, me. I don't live on. <laughs> I don't live on a uh, fifty anchor or fifty acre ranch like you. Um, yeah, but, okay. <laughs> but I have my own little <laughs> patch of earth, and I got to mow a lawn. I got to mow a lawn again. This sucks. I don't like mowing a lawn. What the hell is this? Then hire you a landscaper. That's it. I did it in my youth 
when I was like young and didn't have like a bad back, a, a, a banged up knee, uh, my hip married. wasn't aching or married. Yeah. You didn't yeah. have kids. You didn't <laughs> right. have 25 jobs. <laughs> so, I, hey, look, dude, I used to love morning grass. You know, it was one of the few little exercises I get in. It's very, to me, it's therapeutic. When you got the loud machine going, you block out all the, the extraneous noises. And, you know, you get a nice little walk in, you push, you know, you get to work. I don't have time. So I, a, few, a few years ago, we had to get a landscaper. So I get a landscaper cuts it once a week now. I don't have time for, for that, man. I am probably one of only three families on the on the block that does their own lawn. Everyone else hires the company. I don't have that much. Look, we have um, we have a nice uh, the house we moved into. Okay, so I didn't put it in, but uh, it does have a pool. All right. Oh, whoa, whoa, no, whoa, I knew whoa. it. I knew if I said it, you whoa. were gonna you were gonna give me. You have an in-ground pool? Uh, yes, yes, I do now. Thanks to the previous owners of the house that put it in in like 1970 something. Oh, so so Mr. City Boy, <laughs> who never wanted to move to the suburbs, not only moves to the burbs, but he has an in-ground pool. I mean, I'm here in the ghetto. <laughs> I'm sweating it out here in the ghetto. Yeah, yeah, sure you are. But how many smokers and grills you got, huh? Take up every with an in-ground pool. Look, my <laughs> wife came from a family with an in-ground pool. Okay. She it for years. We should get an in-ground pool. I, said, I can't afford an in-ground pool. This is when they were $30,000. But ever Ooh. since COVID, now the minimum pool is 100000 which is right in your ballpark, by the way. <laughs> I can't even afford a diving board off the swimming pool now, mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Oh, I hate to move to the bebs, but I did get a pool with it. Ta-ha, ta to the loo. Yeah, the but the tiles, the tiles are falling off the pool. I got to put the tiles back on. Come oh, on, who's got time? <laughs> well, yeah, hey, look, what's that old saying? Here's the world's smallest violin for your troubles, Mr. Pool. How many people in our chat have in-ground pools? I'm throwing it out there. Now watch, I want to see the responses to this. Well, How many of our good friends in the chat have an in-ground pool <laughs> and were forced to move to the hated suburbs? Yeah, yeah, but the food sucks. The food sucks out here. Come on. Sense. It's not good. I got Philadelphia does not get enough credit still, even though I think locally everyone knows that, oh, well, you can go to the city and have a great meal. It's been like that for 10, 15 years, really to get a great meal at many places, not just like five great places, but many great places. But like we have exactly what New York has, but we just don't have as much because we're not yes. trying to feed 12 million people or whatever the heck. So I, I loved the food in the city. I had my regular spots from the mom and pop places to the bigger places. I loved my spots in the city. I told you this. And and and, and Gunner, I told you when I was moving out here, yeah. I had that. And now this was a metaphor, but it was like the end of Goodfellas when Ray Liotta is talking to the camera again. And, and he says, you know, last night and he's in the witness protection program. And he's like, last night I already I ordered spaghetti and marinara and I got noodles and ketchup. Okay, that's what it felt like. I was moving from the city to the well, suburbs, and that's how it felt. And then I literally go out for my first dinner in the burbs. Yeah, and I and it's a place that I'd eaten at a couple of times, and it was good. It was fine. Okay. It was nice. Okay. Friends, highly right. highly recommended. But for the first time ever, I got a pasta dish. I got a pasta dish. Okay, okay. it was a it was a shrimp scampi over a bucatini, a nice you know bucatini. Okay, a what? A bucatini, like thick spaghetti. Okay, like oh, okay. really thick spaghetti. Okay. And you got I, to me, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, you're a man of many cultures. You 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 went to school with all those Italian kids. Anyway, so um so so 
I, I go there I, and I order the scampi and they give me not scampi, but it was a shrimp Alfredo, which oh. absolutely not over fusilli, which is not Bucatini. And it just kind of was my thing looking at it going, I don't know about this. Sure enough, Gunner, I ate it three hours later. Food poisoning. No way. I swear. I'm not even kidding. Food poisoning. Food poisoning. And he guess what? My pool didn't cure that. So how about that, pal? Did you go back to the restaurant and complain? I did not go back to the restaurant and complain. I um, okay. I just now, yeah. now is, is your wife a good cook? Uh, she she dabbles. That's, uh, I'm the chef. You I'm didn't the answer chef. the question. I said, "Is she a good cook?" You said she dabbles. <laughs> my my wife just yelled out, "Good answer!" <laughs> <laughs> All right. All That's right. a my, nice way of saying she's not a good cook. But okay. All right. Let's just say. Let me just say. Okay. I'll put it this way. Just, just let's let's live in a stereotype for a second. Okay. My wife uh, made a name Longwell. My name, obviously, Farzetta. Who do yes. you think cooks in the house? Uh, Farzetta. Thank you very much. Okay. I rest my case. All right. Are in you, this case, the stereotype applies. Okay. Are you a good cook? I I am. I am told I am very good. Okay. See, my wife is a phenomenal cook. Okay. I do the grilling. You know, which she Ooh. complains about periodically. She calls my hamburgers a lump of meat. She says, I'm like, are you serious? That was the biggest insult ever. A hamburger, a lump of meat. I'm like, what? But she eats them. You know? but, but see, we, have, we can cook. So if you can't find a restaurant, just cook. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? You and I, see, you make it up with, with your grilling. I make up for it with my, uh, you know, my, my abilities around the stove, being able to cook, uh, as I like to call it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the term is ancestrally. Yes. When you cook what your family has cooked for generations, yes. you just yes. do that and you're, you're set. You're set, baby. Yes. You don't need restaurants. It's a waste of money. Take that money you used to spend. Take those thousands upon thousands of dollars you used to spend at restaurants and just cook a little bit more. Have great home-cooked meals for you and your family. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about food poisoning. You don't have to worry about extravagant spending. Even though you like to spend a lot, some of your big money every now and then. I get it. I get that. You know? Mm. But you know, and then sit by the sit by the pool and enjoy your meal with the family. Yeah, that espresso doesn't buy itself there, Gunner. You know what I'm saying? Uh, by the way, oh, thanks geez. to you, Chris D is hitting us up in the chat saying, nice pool party at Farzetta's house. That's right. Uh, Danny yeah. Wyatt. Danny, I think I know Danny. Danny Wyatt, what's going on there? Nice to see you. Uh, nice you, see you as well. See, my People, wife just chimed in. <laughs> yes, oh, we you? do need restaurants. Oh, <laughs> no, you gotta. What you gotta do, and like wherever you move, you always gotta find your sweet spot. You gotta find the place that you can go to consistently. I'm not too far from a place I grew up going to. Now, this isn't Sam's Club. This is Sam's Sam's Italian Market. Was a market I would go to when I was a little kid. My dad would take me there, and it's not that far from where I live now. So when I need good right, supplies, right. when I need good supplies, the good supplies are right around the corner. So there you go. There you See, go. going back here, Fitness Rebel 85 says, thank you, Farzi. I was talking about I live in a ghetto. She goes, ghetto my bleep. You know? <laughs> Fitness Rebel. Fitness Rebel. You, you'll find that there's a number of people in here, Fitness Rebel, Chris D, Duckwin, Mood Swing, Bella, a lot of our regulars here. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Tyler Connors, Mr. Taz. Oh, they all like to take shots at D-Gun every now and then. But I'm like, Teflon, but you can't hurt me. You can't phase me. <laughs> but uh, just to reiterate, uh, our good friend and co-host Rob Ellis uh, has the day off today, a rare day off of Rob. His daughter, Maddie, is graduating from high school today, so he's going to the graduation. I got to text Rob while we're on the show and say, Rob, will you cry during the ceremonies? Because Rob's not a, a very emotional person. And so I'm going to ask, because there's certain things in life 
they just get to, you know, like the birth of your children. Oh, sure. Uh, the first time they're in a musical or a Christmas play. First time they play sports, they just get to you. Or how they cuddle up to you, you know, and they warm you. I love you, daddy. You, you know, when you get older, it's like, okay, they're giving me a hug. How much money do you want? <laughs> you know, it's so innocent when they're little, you know. So I, I got a text, Rob, Rob, are you going to cry at the ceremonies? If you if you are, can you please take video of it? Mm. Can we get can we get you to take video of it? See, it's all I ask. <laughs> no, man. When it when it comes to your kids, you, you could be a puddle. You could, as you know, you could turn into a puddle of tears. I know you, buddy. We're we're both emotional men. Now it's grandkids. Now the grandkids get to me. But see, mm. the good thing is, when you get tired of them, you can give them back. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, that's beautiful. But good, good for Rob. Good for the whole Ellis family. That's a beautiful thing, man. And uh, that is far. My kids are three and one. Uh, so I got a, I got a little ways unless one's a prodigy. One might be a prodigy, but does every parent think that? I don't know. She might graduate high school when she's like nine or something like that. I don't know. One of those deals. You gonna be uh, like the kid, the kid, young Sheldon. You ever watch that show? Young Sheldon. I've, I've heard of it. It's the, is it that the, 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 the prequel to the, uh, the, the big bang theory or whatever. Yeah. That? Yeah. 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 Are you, a, hold on a second. Are you, are you a young Sheldon fan? No, thinking think in terms of your daughter, you know, being a prodigy could graduate nine she could be the next young Sheldon. <laughs> so she she could be. She uh well hopefully not a sarcastic, but <laughs> no, she pulled all Farzetta, unfortunately. She's uh she's got my big my big face, my whole thing. Uh, yeah, she's she's got a lot of me, but I well, her smarts, her smarts are definitely her mother's. I can't get a, get that past her. Um Gunner, there's some uh you mentioned um something personal there, and I know you guys usually talk about like a pet peeve or something like that at this part of the show. Yeah. I just wanted to run this by you today because I was driving the kids around, uh, taking them to school earlier, right? Okay. This is not breaking news. I know this is something that maybe some people in the chat will know as well. I feel like during pandemic, when everyone started, a lot of people started working from home and all that stuff, we all, and quarantine and all that, not that everyone was ever a great driver, but this one thing in particular has gone extinct since you know quarantine stopped and everything everyone was released back into the wild do turn signals on cars no longer work at all thank you because, because i just feel like i need i, I even talked about this like maybe two up two months ago or so and then it happened again today where i was driving around and there was three people in successive turns during the sequence of just one stretch of road where no one used the right or left turn signal and they just abruptly stopped in front of me and i was like no no way and then boom holding up a whole line of traffic, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, just all that morning rush hour stuff, just holding up every do, – do nobody – I just feel like I need to make this public service announcement to everyone. Turn signals are still really cool, and they, they and help necessary. everyone. And necessary. And they can help save lives. They can help save lives. Here's, here's, what, here's what gets me. Yeah, see, Moose, uh, Fitness Rebel, Farzi, yes, I hate it. No one uses the tip signals in here. Yeah, here's the thing. And you pull up next to them because – they're about to cut you off and sideswipe you. They look at you like you're in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you want to get out of the car and you'll slap the history out of somebody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, like, come on, people. What are we doing here? I I I am not shy when it comes to the 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 like the uh I guess it's a little bit of more of a love tap to the horn, right? I don't yeah. I don't lay it on obnoxious because then you're bothering people that don't then that's friendly fire. I don't want to I don't want right. to pollute those people's ears, right? But I get I'm, I'll give like the I'm giving the more aggressive. I heard Will Farrell talk about it one time. I think he said like sometimes when you honk the horn, it's a um ahem. 
ahem type of thing. Another time, just like, what are you doing? No, I, see, am, I don't do that. Yeah, see, yeah, I don't do that because see, you know, I've seen too many vid- uh, videos on Facebook and Twitter. People get out of the car and want to start swinging at each other. I ain't got time for that. I got to get from point A to point B in a hurry. Um, and nine times out of ten, when people aren't using the turn signals, it's because they're looking at their dog on phones. You know, they're always looking down at their phones. I'm like, really? Uh huh. And then yeah. you cause the accident, but you want to you want to get all terse and everything because you feel I've inconvenienced you when you've really inconvenienced both of us, you know, from going where do you need to go nowadays? And, and see, our producer, Tony Shields, says, Farzi, I swear I curse about this every day. No <laughs> one uses the turn signals anymore. Makes no sense. Nothing in society makes sense anymore, man. Nothing. Uh, no, I, I mean, that's a whole, that's, that's a 17 hour show right there when it comes to society. The, the uh, only time, the only time I honk my horn and I tap it politely is when you're sitting at a light and you just want to go straight. People sitting in front of you, sitting in front of you because they're looking down at their phone. Oh yeah. So one time. And that usually does the trick. I'm not one of these people that has a lay on the horn. There's too much anger behind the wheel as it is in, in our world today. Mm-hmm. I just tapped him. Hey, look, can you keep? Hey, hey, you got twenty cars behind you trying to get through this light that's lasting only twelve seconds. Exactly. Please go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my oh, little, no. my little love tap of the horn. My little love tap of the horn could mean two more cars make it through that light. Yes, we're doing God's work, Gunner. We're doing no, God's yes. work. Our our part for humanity, my friend. <laughs> this is our public service uh, portion of Sports Take, uh, Gunner. We do have so much to get to today. Uh, for everyone in the chat, thank you for joining us today. Yes, as uh, Gunner mentioned a second ago, Rob is off today. Um, here's what uh, what's interesting here. Thank Everything's you, Moose on- Swing Bella. Appreciate it. Everything See, Moose is Swing- Moose Swing Bella is one of the few people that's always on my side. I don't even have to pay her. You know? <laughs> one of the few people always on my side. Wow, that's one of the greatest names I've ever seen in the chat. Mood Swing Bella. I, I love wonder, that. Yeah, I wonder what the real name is. You know, a lot of these <laughs> names are really creative. I wonder what the real name is behind that. I would have loved to have been at that baptism. And but anyway, all right. Uh, so, oh, what? What? Okay. Tell me that's not a party you want to be at, a post baptism party that you want to be at for a oh, mood no, swing, really. Bella. Oh, Maggie. Okay, Maggie. Moose oh, hey, Maggie. Bella. All right, Maggie. No, there we go. Uh, Madeline. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, Gunner. We are in interesting times here in the sports world because everything is like, I don't think about ML. I think about the union, the union have kind of, for me, crept into the kind of like flyers territory. I was always a bigger flyer fan than I was a hockey fan. I'm a bigger union fan than I am obviously a, uh, an MLS fan, uh, stuff like that. But the Lionel Messi stuff we're going to get into the live golf merger with the PGA. You don't have to be a soccer fan, a football fan. You don't have to be a, uh, a a golf fan to appreciate or just understand what's going on in those worlds that we normally don't pay a lot of attention to. So we're going to talk about those worlds on the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about the 76ers, what's going on with James Harden. He appears really torn between going back to Houston or staying in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, I'll okay. give you I'll give you my right. take on that. Yeah. The the Philadelphia Phillies, Gunner. You've you've covered sports for a minute, all right? I don't – this lineup that they have put together now with, like, Trey Turner batting uh, cleanup, 
their least clutch and worst hitter for the entire season. Rob Thompson puts him in the most clutch possible spot. The other night he's got a four-hit night, no hits last night, but he does look more comfortable. He's seeing more pitches as the cleanup hitter for this team. Uh, you, got, you got to put Kyle Schwarber back at the top of the order. He starts hitting home runs again in the month of June. The mentality of the athlete, and you've been around it. You've certainly been around it. Unless you're a professional athlete, I don't know if you can crack the code of what the hell these people are thinking that just puts them in the right mindset to perform at the right time. They could try so many different things. And the idea of putting Trey Turner as a cleanup hitter, that doesn't make any sense. There's no analytical data that will support that. Kyle Schwarber, what he's been doing this year versus last year, there's no analytical data that says, oh, yeah, definitely put him out there. The only thing that's there is in June he always crushes it. So put him back where he's most comfortable, I guess. But the Phillies seem like they're turning a little bit of corner. True, they're only playing the Nationals. True, they're only playing the Tigers. They'll go for the sweep today against the Tigers. We won't know if these are actually get-right games, Gunner, or get-right series right. until they actually try to be right against the Dodgers coming up later this week. And so they owe the Dodgers. It's crazy. They, they, owe, they owe the Dodgers because the Dodgers embarrassed them not too long ago out on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So I want to talk about that mindset with you. And of all the athletes you've been around, the people that just, for whatever reason, they know when it's on. They, they You can play 162 games. You could play a 16-game, 17-game regular season schedule in the NFL. And you could be bad for two quarters, three quarters, and all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, like Jalen Hurts against the Colts this last, this last year, all of a yeah. sudden fourth quarter, push has come to shove. It's time to click into the right mindset. I want to talk about that mindset with you today. Lane Johnson said something really interesting yesterday unprompted he started talking about at right guard not cam jurgens tyler steen left tackle alabama who the eagles just selected in this past draft a guy gunner that you know already left tackle not guard not right guard not even on the right side of the the line of scrimmage but he started talking about him now he later when he was asked about cam jurgens started talking more about cam jurgens and Gunner, I don't know where you are. I assume you're we're on the same page here. Cam Jurgens is going to be the starting right tackle to Philadelphia Eagles in the upcoming season. But what surprised me? Right, right, right guard, right guard, right guard, right guard. Excuse me, right guard. Yeah. But Lane Johnson was talking about it yesterday and saying this Tyler Steen guy. It seems to be clicking in really early for a guy that's been left tackle throughout his uh, you know college career and started every game of left tackle for Bama last year. I I don't know if we've ever even entertained the idea of Steen being the actual right guard yet for the Eagles? Um, very sporadically. I think everybody is of the same frame um, a frame, um, a frame of mind that, you know, Cam, you want to get him in a lineup, get him, get him some reps, get him acclimated to the everyday rigors of playing in the NFL trench warfare. Um, but this dude, Steen, 6'6", I mean, he blocks out the sun. <laughs> you come from a football factory like Alabama. You're playing in a triple-A of, of 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 the NFL in the SEC, um, and nobody can coach up, you know, cross training offensive linemen better than Jeff Stoutland. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting battle. You got you got Jurgens who's in his second year. Steen's a rookie. You you you're doing exactly what you want either way, as all NFL teams try to do. They want to get younger while trying to get better at the same time. This is going to be an interesting battle to watch all training camp. Um, how quickly can Jeff Stoutland get Tyler Steen acclimated to switching positions and looking at the uh, blocking assignments a lot differently than he had as a collegiate uh, player? Um, 
it's something we're going to talk about for a while. And of course the coaches are going to be hit up with this Stoutland, you know, when he's available, like once in a blue moon, <laughs> obviously Sirianni is going to be, it's going to be mentioning him quite frequently. Um, I think it's going to be a great topic to talk about leading into the regular season. I can't wait to see how it unfolds because I was like everybody else. I thought it was a given that Jurgens would be that right guard. Now, after listening to what Lane said and Lane's there every day and who, who would know the situation better than perennial pro bowl tackle like Lane Johnson. Uh-uh, such may not be the case. Also, uh, while Lane was addressing the media yesterday, he said something you never hear an athlete say, um, especially one that's getting, getting on in years. So we'll discuss that as well. Uh, well, like I said, we'll talk about the Phillies. This list, and I know you and Rob talked about it yesterday, the Chris Sims list that comes out like once a year and everyone gets pissed off about it for a little bit, right? I got a take on this, Gunner, and it's it's it goes into the politics of the list more than the list itself. I can't wait to hear this because you do think differently than most people. <laughs> That's the nicest way anyone's ever called me an idiot. That's the Thank nicest you. way I could put it. <laughs> So we'll we'll get into that, but there's just something there. It's the greatest story in all of sports, and it, it, it has to do with the city of Philadelphia. We're going to get into that conversation. Uh, we also have – we're not going to forget about birthdays. We're not going to forget about birth, birthdays. I wouldn't do that no. to you, of course. No. Uh, oh, I, I mentioned everything on the docket, golf, soccer. How about hockey on sports take? You guys talk uh-huh. about the hockey? You guys talk about the Flyers? At least for one day, the Flyers are relevant. Well, it could be two days in the not too distant. It could be one day, which was yesterday, a little bit today. And then it could also be another trade in the works for the Flyers. So we got all that. But coming up in a minute, we're going to get into this Lane Johnson uh, conversation, both on Lane's press conference yesterday. We're also going to get into the right guard battle, quote unquote. We'll get into that conversation. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, but it'll be a normal show as normal and we'll, uh, as usual, and we'll be looking at the chat to see what you guys have on your minds as well. My name is Mark Farzad. I'm in for Rob Ellis today on Sports Talk while Rob is uh, attending the graduation of his daughter. That's Derek Gunn. You know him. You love him. We'll be back in a second right here on Sports Day. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. 
So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Gunner, did you happen to see our boy uh, Jalen Hurts taking batting practice yesterday? Oh, yeah. But did you see our boy A.J. Brown taking batting practice? Well, he's a ball. he was a ball player, right? He, um, Ole Miss, yeah. He was drafted uh, in yeah. Major League Baseball. Did you see that swing? He jacked three out of the park. I was like, well, all right. Yeah, maybe maybe he bats leadoff? Maybe? Maybe after June you put him as leadoff? I don't know. But there, there there's something. I don't know what it is. And, and maybe this is just my own personal bias. But I feel like you can watch a lot of people pick up a football and throw a football and and throw it well. I think you could find a lot fewer people that could pick up a baseball and throw it well or swing a bat and look like you've swung it before. Is, is that is that crazy? Am I crazy for that? Or is that do you agree with that? Well, you're crazy, but that's another story. Um, no, hit, hitting a baseball is one of the most difficult aspects of any sport you could do. You know, um, especially when you're hitting a ball that's moving on an arc or moving away from you, you know, that timing and, and tra- you have a fraction of a second to figure out what he's throwing, what, where your swing level is going to be and trying to make contact to drive it uh, a good ways. And you can tell watching AJ Brown in that batter's box yesterday, you could tell he was obviously you, you had to be pretty good to get drafted by the major leagues to begin mm-hmm. with. But obviously he made the right choice going to football, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's 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 you can only teach the mechanics of, of stance swing it's the hand-eye coordination when it comes into play uh that really determines who's a good hitter and who and who's not going to be a good hitter mm-hmm. you know um and i play baseball you know so it's it, it's one of the i think one of the best how, how do you describe it um forms of competition within yourself oh yeah trying to be a good contact hitter and and adding power behind it as well. Now, naturally, a bigger guy is going to drive it a lot further in, in a lot of cases just because of the size. But you had a lot of small guys. Look at Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan was, you know, the second, the, the Hall of Fame second baseman for Cincinnati Reds. He was a smaller guy, like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, great power, you know. Um, and, and you see, you know, Altuve, you know, of Houston currently, mm-hmm. you know, good power for a guy as small as he is, you know. Um, the physical mechanics are a great thing. It, it's the most one of the most phenomenal things. You can be built the same way, and yet your 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 ability to succeed 
in a lot of sports areas are so vastly different, you know, based on quickness, speed, uh, strength, so on and so forth. It's, it's, I can sit there and talk about the psychological, the psychological factor of sports, the physiology of sports, you know, all day, because it, it just fascinates me how the body wasn't built, to, wasn't built to do a lot of things that we see athletes do in sports, but yet they, they fine tune their bodies to achieve at the highest level. And we sit back in amazement day in and day out in sports across the board with the ability to run, jump, catch, hit, throw, whatever the case may be, you know, across the board. Yeah. And, and if our bodies can't do it, we invent a surgery like Tommy John surgery. And then all of a sudden we put a different ligament in the arm. You're good to go. Um, but yeah, no, but you put, you put two guys next to each other, AJ Brown and Jalen hurts. And I love Jalen hurts. But you could definitely too, who, tell who the ball player was and who was not the ball player. Even oh, though Jalen Jalen Hurts did say yesterday, baseball was his first love, which I did not know. I did not know that either. But um, obviously, he gave it up a lot sooner to focus on football. <laughs> he certainly and, did. That's uh, not a knock against him. You know? No, no, not at all, not at all. It was interesting to hear him say that though. And then I was when I was watching him swing, I was like, yeah, but you know what? If you gave him a year, I bet you, you know, this guy would be competing at a high level of professional baseball. I'm not saying that he would be an all-star MLB player, but he'd figure it out. Like he's just got the tools, man. You, you yep. know, he's got the tools. Yep. One thing I did find interesting yesterday, and it always makes me think about it. Um, Mike Vick was drafted. Yes. And do you remember Mike Vick's big problem when he scrambled? Couldn't yeah. slide. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. It was one of the most baffling things. The guy that got oh, drafted man. in major league baseball couldn't, and in football couldn't slide. Like the funny, just one of the weird things about, you know, just athletes and the mindset and, and all that stuff. Even had Jimmy Rollins trying to help him learn how to slide. That didn't even work. <laughs> no, they you know, didn't. This, this right. about to, he's about to lose an ankle real quick, you know, and never never got injured from, from his attempt to slide. But, you know, at least Mike, Michael Vick was a big body quarterback. You know, if you look at Michael Vick's physique, it was not your your, your standard quarterback physique. I mean, this dude could stand flat-footed and throw the ball 80 yards easily, you know. Mm. There are yeah. a lot of quarterbacks that have to put a little oomph behind it, you know, um, and to get it the distance. But Michael Vick was a special athlete, period. You know, but we always made fun of him, and he made fun of himself for not being able to slide, you know. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. How can you not – get out, Mike. Get <laughs> Wouldn't, Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Not going to do it. What, was it the ro- – wow, that's a pull. Uh, did the – I think he was drafted by the Rockies, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, but um, let's talk about that mindset for a second here with these athletes, okay? Uh, so that's just one thing that happened yesterday that was fun. But uh, Lane Johnson spoke at length yesterday for for his press conference. And, I, Gunner, I've never heard an athlete say this before. And he was asked about the contract extension that he got and essentially restructure as well, which gives him more money and also saves the club money in the long run. But he was asked if he wants this to be, you know, does he think this will be his last contract? And he responded by saying, I hope so. I've, I've never heard an athlete say, yeah, I hope this is my last contract. I always hear the we'll see. He'll be 37 when all is said and done. He's happy to be playing with Jason Kelsey as long as he has. He was happy to have his time right there with uh, one of his good friends, Brandon Brooks, right there next to him. But I hope this is my last contract. I don't think this is going to be a guy, and I hate the expression hanging on. He's going to hang on for a few more years. He's still playing at a very high level. According to what he had to say yesterday, and he's well past the clear state. He's he's clear to play, and we all know that, and he's well past that part. 
But this is a guy that doesn't just want to hang on. This is a guy that wants to perform at a high level. And according to what he said yesterday, there's a 1% chance that he tears the abductor again. So that's not very high, obviously. But why would he say, I hope this is like, yeah, I hope this is the last contract. I don't want to be an old player, quote unquote. I I think he's got plenty of good years left in him. He's got, he's, he's 33 now. He's got what a four year extension Mm -hmm. until. Okay, so 36, 37. He might not, he might not finish, finish out this contract, to be honest, because he's told me uh, on my podcast, Gunner One, he's saying, and Elaine and I have been good friends for a long time. He's told me personally, and he said it on his show, Sports Take, that he wanted to play two, three more years and then call it a career. So mentally, he's right where he wants to be. You know, for Lane, it's not about money. He's got money. He's got, you know, Lane's a good old country boy, has made more money than he ever thought he would in his life has all the toys he's ever he's ever going to need in his life. It's not about the money. It's about the competition and the camaraderie. And if he feels that he is being a liability, liability instead of an asset, if he gets 35, 36, Lane won't hang around. Lane's not about, not about just trying to c- collect an extra paycheck. Lane is about being a competitor and competing at the highest level. Now, you think about all the injuries he's had up to this point with the ankle, um, you know, the, the knee, the abductor, all this stuff. You know, when you get 35, 36, those little things start to add up on you. Start to feel them a little bit more when you get up in the morning. They hurt a little bit longer as you progress through your day. You know, Lane doesn't want to be that kind of guy. You know, so I'm not surprised that he said that, and he hopes so. Even if he stays until he's 37, you you can be rest assured of one thing. Lane will be the best that he can possibly be at 37 years of age. Now, will it be a Pro Bowl caliber? Lane Johnson that we've grown accustomed to and been so spoiled watching through the years. Don't know. Cause everybody gradually ages differently. Um, he's got that phenomenal weight room that he, you know, re, re uh, redid a garage and made it, made it this phenomenal uh, weight room. Now the bro barn, the bro barn. So he, he's going to stay in shape. You know, um, it's just that physically can his body hold up when he's 36, 37. That's what, that's the, the, the primary factor that will determine for Lane, whether or not he can do it or it's time for him to ride off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. See, that's the interesting thing for me, and I think you hit it right on the head. It's the camaraderie that these guys have a hard time quitting. It's not about the money, and the money's great. And I know to the average Joe, you're thinking about it and say, well, of course the money's a big deal. Yeah, but these guys have made a lot of money. You mentioned his his own mindset, you know, good old country boy. He's got a lot of money already. He's doing fine for himself. He's got more money than he even imagined. But then you think about leaving the locker room. And I can only imagine how tough it was for him to go on without Brandon Brooks on that offensive line, playing yep. immediately to his left as the right guard in this offensive line. I can't imagine what it's going to be like for him whenever it is that Jason Kelsey decides to call it a career. Right. And I don't look forward to these days. As much as you might like Cam Jurgens and I do, I don't look forward to the moment where Jason Kelsey is not on this offensive line. And then shortly thereafter, I also don't look forward to the day that Lane Johnson's not here. But these guys still have other friends around the league. Guys like Trey Thomas, guys like John Runyon. These guys still, and I'm not using the term hang on, and I know a lot of people use that, but they still found work elsewhere. Both of those guys went and played for San Diego, went and played for the Chargers. Uh, Harold Carmichael tells this story at the end of his career, going to play for the Cowboys. Ah! And he just couldn't do it. He only played a couple of games there. But I think that would be the hardest thing to quit. If you're a professional athlete, that camaraderie and knowing that your entire life has been dedicated to this sport. And if you're a guy like Lane Johnson, you dedicate your life not only to this sport, but to be a quarterback, 
and then to be a tight end, and then to be a, le- a, a right tackle, and then you make it into the NFL and you win a Super Bowl and everything you have worked for your entire life is all of a sudden done. To hear the words out of his mouth, I hope so. <laughs> like, I, I think what is more important th- to him, even in the camaraderie, and you mentioned this as well, is the idea of being that the highest level of competitor that you can be. If I'm not going to be great, I want nothing to do with it. The most famous, I think, example of this in Philadelphia sports is Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt said, if I can't be that guy anymore, if I can't get to that ground ball like I should have when he retired in San Diego abruptly, if I can't get to that ball anymore, then I just don't want to be out here anymore. Because if I'm not going to be the best, I want nothing to do with it. I'm going to move on. And I I got to say, I respect both angles. But when it comes to the idea of not being the best anymore and that already weighing on Lane Johnson's mind, I got to respect the hell out of that as well. If I can't perform at the level and, and get to the bar I've already set for myself, I think that's a great thing. I think it's a great quality in a professional athlete. Mark, as you know, I've covered sports for over four decades, mostly football. And the, and the two constants that whenever I've talked to athletes, either on the brink of retiring or after they've retired, is this. Number one, there's a percentage of athletes that are so afraid of what life after sports is like because they have no idea what they're, they're going to do. They, they, they live for going to work, which is practice. They live for jaw jacking with teammates, the travel, the notoriety behind it, getting free perks when they walk in a restaurant or other places. You know, you're put on this pedestal for most of your life and you're paid to do it. You're paid to play a game that many of us dream of playing. You know, when you think about the percentage of, of, of athletes, men and women, that make it to the professional level, it's hovering around 1%. That's a small, minute group of people that are just phenomenal athletes that have been able to excel at the highest level possible. There are other people who know when their bodies are done and they're true to themselves that it's time for me to walk away. They no longer look forward to the grind of getting up at the crack of dawn and working out and running and having to have coaches yell at them all the time and watching film studies and looking at tendencies, they get tired of that. Um, and then there's the other faction. Their careers are ended abruptly by injuries. So it's, it's three folds in a lot of ways. You won't see Tom Brady's in sports where you're playing until your mid-40s. That's a rare, that's a rare anomaly to see a dude and perform at a high level as he did. You just don't see that, especially in football. When you talk about the severity of injuries that linger as we focus on football after their careers are done, we're talking about debilitating injuries. A lot of guys walk with limps, constantly have to get therapy for injuries they've endured and leaving parts of their bodies across the United States at various stadiums. The head injuries are more alarming than ever before in this game. And you look at, you look at guys like Earl Campbell, who's still a young man in his 50s, who can't walk without a cane, who cannot go outside like him and Jim McMahon, can't go outside without sunglasses on because looking into the sun causes migraine head, he, uh, headaches. That's not the quality of life you envision after you're done playing sports, but it's a reality of what, hap- what can and will happen 
to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The back injuries. You know, a lot of these guys have to have surgeries after their careers are over just to fix them so that they can function as close to normal as possible in everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a it's a tough mental grind and tug of war that athletes deal with every day. We know the end is coming soon, but you don't think about it when you're 22, 23. You think you can play forever. Mm-hmm. And then the, the landmines you have to sidestep along the way, the injuries, being good enough constantly so that somebody wants you, not just for three and a half years, which is the average in the NFL, but 10 or 12 years if you so desire. Oof. And see, people people forget that, that, that these gladiators that we, we put on these pedestals, it, they're not just playing a game. You know, the sacrifices they make just to get, get up to play a game. You know, the, the stories that Brian Dawkins and Jeremiah Trotter and all these guys would tell me that in a lot of cases, because they played the game so physical, it would take them a full five or six days just to get their bodies right so they can go out there and do it again. The ice bath, the, a constant ice bath, the massages that these athletes get. And you see some of these guys laying on tables and they have these, you know, uh, masseuses that are that are kneading their, their joints and tendons like, like you need bread, you know, like dough to make bread. And you got tears in their eyes because it hurts so bad, you know. Um we, we the, the, the people who say, you know, the guys are paid too much money. I'm of the belief, I don't care what you do in life. I don't care if you work Wall Street. I don't care if you're a sanitation engineer, a teacher, whatever whatever you can make in life, I applaud it. As long as you're doing it legally, and if somebody's <laughs> willing to play, you're worth whatever somebody's willing to pay you. That's the mm-hmm. way I see. I was with you. I was with you until the legal part. You lost me at the legal part. You know what? Um, I am no longer a part of this show. Whatever <laughs> believes and says, I have nothing to do with this. All the feds out there listening, um, don't come to me. Go to him. <laughs> uh, but no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, we see the glory. We see the games on Sundays, the game on Thursday. We see the game on Saturday and Monday and Sunday night, and we see those games. That's the glory. We don't see a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. We might read about it, but we don't physically see it. And right. seeing guys rehab. One of the biggest realizations when I started to get to know professional athletes was biggest realization was when they're in rehab, we just assume sometimes that they're not playing, so it's not that bad. They're just in rehab. It ain't just rehab. You're pushing yourself to the limit every single day. Sometimes, and most times actually, from what I've heard, rehab's the worst part of it. Playing is the ultimate reward. Being at practice even is the ultimate reward. But when you're rehabbing, you're going through pain. You're pushing that threshold every single day to become more comfortable with that injury. I mean, it's it's something that as a, a younger sports fan, uh, when I thought about rehab assignments, I'm like, or not even rehab assignments, but just on the mend. I thought of that. Oh, so he's not playing? All right, so he'll be fresh when he gets back. Not necessarily. Not necessarily at all. Um, but that was one of the things that Lane Johnson uh, got into yesterday was the idea of, this could all be coming to an end in the next couple of years for him. So that's that's then. That's down the line. But right now, we know that next year, this coming season, Lane Johnson is going to be the right tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles again. And I'd say it's a pretty safe bet that he'll be at a Pro Bowl level, close to an all-pro level of right tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. The question, Derek Gunn, is who's going to be playing between him and Jason Kelsey? Who is going to be the right guard of the Philadelphia Eagles? Now, if I'm a betting man, which I am, I am betting money that the, uh, the right guard of the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be Cam Jurgens. However, unprompted, he was simply asked the question about what are you looking for in a right guard 
for this for this offensive line. With Isaac Sayamalo signing with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, you now have an opening at that spot technically. Uh, you and I, I think we agree that Cam Jurgens is going to be the guy. But when it comes to Lane Johnson's answer yesterday, he left some doubt out there. Now, it could be just gamesmanship, but he was talking about how Tyler Steen has really come on strong in OTAs. He's really learning the playbook well. He's strong as anything. And, of course, he's under the tutelage of Jeff Stoutland. So if you're under the tutelage of Jeff Stoutland and you're looking to make an adjustment on the offensive line, like even Andre Dillard was a left tackle at Washington. But let's not forget, he also played the guard position. So when they were trying to work him back into being a fill-in guard on this offensive line, Andre Dillard moved back to that role rather well. Played actually decent in times he had to fill in. But when it came to uh, when it comes to a guy like Tyler Steen, who's been a tackle, Throughout his college career, and the Eagles draft him, and to much to the surprise of everyone listening, they draft him as a guard. Is there a bigger competition at the right guard position for the Philadelphia Eagles than we have admitted to this point, Derek Gunn? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeff Stoutland Stoutland is going to put his five best guys out there. You look at at Cam Juergens. He's 6'3", 303. You look at Tyler Steen, he's 6'6", 315, 6'5", 6'6", 315. You look at the Eagles offensive line, look at look at Landon Dickerson. Was he 6'5"? Look at Jordan Malata, he's 6'8". Lane Johnson, 6'5". I wouldn't put it past him, put another six. I mean, Jason Kelsey is a run of the litter at 6'3". He barely scraping 300 pounds. You know, that's a formidable offensive line. If you put you if you have 6'5", 6'5", 6'5", 6'8", going across that offensive line, you know, you got you got four Mack trucks, 18-wheelers out there. You know, and all of them will tell you, uh, as Landon Dickerson said yesterday, he rather, he'd rather punch than be punched, meaning they'd rather run block than pass block. Mm-hmm. You know, um, dude, you talk about road graders? Man, you and I can get out there and run for, I was going to say 1,000, I was going to, okay, 100 yards over a season. I can get 100 yards over a season behind that offensive line. Yeah, if you give me the ball 100 times, sure. <laughs> yeah, I got I got confidence they can open up a hole for me just to like lay down for a yard. I could get that. Exactly. You figure the push they get up front, you ha- you can trip and get two at least two yards behind that offensive line. Yeah. When yeah. you get 15, 15 carries a game, you know, your brain might be scrambled, but you get 30 yards a game rushing. I just jump on Jordan Mylotta's back and say, go, fella, go. Just let, take me. Go, big fella. Go. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's something we haven't talked about uh, enough. I th- I feel like with this offensive line, and I hate to use the word spoiled, but I feel like we have been spoiled, and Jeff Stoutland has spoiled us. Howie Roseman has spoiled us. When I, I never thought I'd say that. Howie Roseman has spoiled us by finding these guys in the offensive line that make you really confident in buying time for your quarterback, of course. Then you factor in the mobility of your quarterback, your MVP caliber quarterback, uh, your NFC championship quarterback, uh, your all-pro quarterback in Jalen Hurts, and then you throw in the running backs behind this? I mean, look, I know everyone was all, you know, B. John Robinson up, and I wouldn't have been against drafting him, but Howie still has a really good running back room. To, to talk further about what they were talking about yesterday, and I heard what Landon Dickerson had to say about rather do the punching than be punched, and we'll get to that, but Boston Scott, when addressing the media yesterday, talked about how they're the coolest guys in the room, the running backs, the running back stable that they have right now with Kenny Gainwell, DeAndre Swift. There's the obligatory healthy Rashad Penny, and obviously having a guy like Boston Scott back there as well as a 28-year-old running back. 
So they got a nice stable right now of running backs of this Eagles team. And that offensive line, the thing that makes you believe in all of it is how good that offensive line can be. I tried to tell people for weeks leading up to the draft that they were not taking B. John Robinson. From what I was told, they were not taking B. John. But what did Howie do? He went out and got already proven vets. Now, there are two vets that have a history of injuries, but they come in here knowing there's no such thing as a feature back. There are a number of teams, when you look at teams like Tennessee with Derrick Henry, Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Oakland with uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, those are feature type backs, and, and, and understandably so in the systems that they run. In this system here, even when Miles Sanders getting a thousand yards last year, it was Kenneth Gainwell who was the man in the latter part of the season last year into the playoffs. They believe running back by committee here. And we brought up an interesting point yesterday, Rob Ellis and I, and I'm going to ask you this as well. When you talk about the running backs, do you think, are you, are you buying or selling the fact we did a buy and sell on like 20 different topics yesterday. Are you buying or selling that the Eagles will have a thousand yard rusher this season? Mm. I am buying it. Really? I, like, look, as I did the quotations for Rashad Penny, why, why should I believe he's going to be look? And and I I don't I'm not rooting for injury, and I don't want to put that in the atmosphere. But when it's happened so frequently with him in his career, I think you have to acknowledge it. So I don't have confidence he's going to make it through a full season. And I think this offense is going to be so good, and this offensive line is going to be so good that I think you're going to have plenty more opportunities, especially in the third and fourth quarter of games, to have more running, to have more rushers, to have more attempts at running the football, maybe even more so than he did last year. So I think that they they will have a 1,000-yard rusher. And the other thing we have to you know remember is it's been drilled into our heads that it's hard to be a 1,000-yard rusher. But let's not forget you have that one extra game. You have a 17-game schedule now. We're still adapting to that way of thinking. It's been, what, now third year of that going down? So I think that's still something people are trying to get over mentally. I think you'll have that opportunity behind this offensive line, behind this offense as a whole, and that'll give more opportunities to this running back room. Because I don't think Boston Scott's going to get a ridiculous amount of touches. I think it's going to come down to DeAndre Swift, who's going to get a lot of catches, I think, and Kenny Gainwell, who's going to get a lot of attempts. So I do think between Swift and Gainwell, I think you'll have a 1,000 rusher between those two. Not combined, but one of those guys will reach a 1,000 yards on the season on the ground. I think that I think this running back group is four deep because they want to have the versatility. You look at DeAndre Swift's career, he's never come close to 1,000 yards rushing. Um, Penny has, but because of his injury history, I think they're going to reduce his touches to try to keep him fresher for later in the season. Uh, he's never played more than, what, 13, 14 games in a season? I think they want to keep him fresher in a season. Last year he lost most of the season because of an injury, okay? Um, I think you will have a combination of all the running backs surpassing – 2,000 yards rushing. I don't think they'll have an individual rusher. I think the lead rusher on this backfield will probably have between seven, 750 yards rushing. See, I think of uh, – I, I know you got to think of it as dividing the carries, dividing yeah. the, all that. But I think DeAndre Swift is going to be used so much more in the passing game for this yeah. offense that I don't think he's going to get a lot of rushing attempts. I think Kenny Gainwell <laughs> – the term that's used around the NFL, which I think is a dying term, is bell cow back. Yeah. And I'll admit, they don't have that. But in terms of just this offense isolated, I think Kenny Gainwell is going to be the most traditional running back 
on the regular basis. I think Rashad Penny, when healthy, will be that guy, but I just don't have confidence in it. So I think Gainwell will get that opportunity. And if he doesn't get to 1,000 yards, I think he'll still get close to that 1,000-yard mark. Um, so, yes, I will buy Kenny Gainwell as the most likely, and Kenny Gainwell, too, rush for 1,000 yards this upcoming season. But I love that question because it really does make it break down what they have in the backfield. Yeah, I don't think Kenny Gainwell will come close to getting 1,000 yards rushing. Why do you I hate Kenny Gainwell? What the hell, what? man? What? No, I love Kenny. I love all those backs in the backfield. The only the Boston Scott will get the most touches when they play the Giants because he's a Giants killer. <laughs> of course, that's yes. when he gets most of his touches. Um, I just think because I think the the usage in that backfield will be determined by down and distance. That's what I think is going to be, and this and, and whoever has the hot hand at any mm-hmm. given moment. Um, and it could be any one of the four who has the hot hand, depending on who they're playing, and in need. And that's why you know when you think that your lead back last year, Miles Sanders who still ran for 1,000 yards, averaged like 17 touches a game out of the backfield. I think Howie Roseman deliberately put this stable together to make that offense more difficult to defend. Um, And plus, when you think about the pass catchers on the outside, the tight end that they have, if they can keep Goddard healthy, and the fact that Sirianni is going to call X amount of running plays, hopefully – not 160. Hopefully your quarterback's not running the ball 165 times, but there will be specific run plays called for your quarterback. There's only so many balls, so many touches, so many snaps that can go around. And I think the, the overall running game in terms of touches will suffer because of the diversity of this offense. You know, if you're passing for 350, 400 yards a game, that means the running game takes a hit. Mm-hmm. If you're running the ball for 200, 300 yards, that means because you didn't need, you don't even need to go through the air as much. But you're not going to run a running back in the ground. You're going to get him out of there because you got another big game. You look at the schedule they have coming up. Every week you got another big game and another big game and another big game. We need our people up, right, and breathe. Give him a breather. Get somebody else in there. Mm-hmm. They have a luxury. Most teams in the NFL name another team that's four deep in quality backs like the Eagles. Uh, I don't. I can't. I don't I think can't there name is one. Yeah. I can't, now, there are a lot of teams that have do, two good backs, right. the dual threats that complement each other well. But to go four deep, I don't, there's not another team in the NFL that can go four deep. It sounds like an, uh, an impossibility, my friend. It sounds yes. like an impossibility. Uh, Gunner, coming up, we're going to jump a little bit more into the Philadelphia Eagles, as we will in just, just about every segment. Uh, we also got the birthdays coming up at the end of the show there. We got some other things going on around the world of sports. And Gunner, when I say around the world, oh, my goodness. Around the world. So we'll get to that when we return here on Sports Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, around the world. Okay. That's okay. All right. (laughs) We'll be back in a minute here on Sports Day. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. 
So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Yes, you can feel it. Stand on your computer. Stand on your computer. You can feel it. I know oh, you can feel baby. It. oh, baby. I like it a beat. I like yeah, it a beat. I, I, I got to go back to something here. I saw something earlier in the chat. This guy, uh, Steve Ike's New Mexico Life says, my enchiladas are better than any restaurant. Ooh, that's pretty good. My, my, I just, just made me think out of flashback. My wife's enchiladas are off the chart. And I agree. You know, I don't know about Steven. I know my wife's, well, my wife spoils me. See, here, here, you know, I love to bring up food every now and then. Oh, oh, you do? Oh, just occasionally. <laughs> Here's what happens. You cook your foods a certain way. You like certain seasonings in your foods. Mm-hmm. When you go to restaurants, and I'm talking about five-star restaurants, you hear all the rave reviews. The food is great, yada, yada, yada. You know, most of those reviews probably come from people that eat out more than they cook at home. Because, see, what happens is when you grow up in a family, in your case, an Italian family, in my case, uh, since I'm 19, I've been a part of a Mexican family as well as Black Heritage family. We have certain seasonings and tastes that we like. And when you go out to a restaurant, you can't wait to get a good meal. It doesn't taste the same. Mm-hmm. You're spoiled. See, you spoiled yourself because whereas they're cooking in mass quantities and trying to get it out in a hurry, and the food is good and a lot of places is good, it's like it doesn't taste the same because you're so your palate is so used to what you've, you you're getting at home. And I'm assuming you're the same way, being an expert Italian cooker that you are. <laughs> that you have yeah. certain ingredients and recipes that you use that restaurants just don't. And while you may come away saying, you know, that was a pretty good meal. You're always comparing it to what you grew up having or what you cook yourself. And 
you come away somewhat disappointed. Yeah, which is why I always walk into it with that. Like if I'm out like with my wife's family or whatever and they they choose an Italian restaurant, whatever, I, in my head, I'm always going to compare it. But I always also set the bar like I, this. Yeah. Is, I set, set my expectation. This isn't going to be my Aunt Angie's, you know, uh, uh, lasagna. This isn't going to be her gnocchi. This isn't going to be my this isn't going to be yeah. my father's meatballs. You know, it's not going to be like, so like we yeah. have that kind of thing. If you grew up eating a particular yeah. food you're going to have that expectation, but you got to make sure that when you go out and you order something similar, it's not going to be on the same level. So you always have to put it like that. But it's funny you say that because my wife has a lot of family in Colorado and we'll go out and we'll visit in Colorado. There's a lot of people and the the toughest, like it's Colorado. So they're literally on like, I think it's a 60 acre acre ranch with horses and cattle and they have a lake and, and all this stuff. And so to go to a restaurant, with like 20, 30 people is a difficult thing. So a lot of times I've gone out there and I've just cooked and I love doing it. I'm used to cooking for a lot of people. But when I make meatballs or I make brajol, for instance, right? Like the basically the meatball wrapped in a steak kind of thing. When I make that there, they're like blown away because you're not getting anything like that, that authentically ethnic in any place. So I wonder if it's the same thing with the, what was it, the enchiladas? Angela, see, Steve just added also, Steve Ike's from New Mexico. I learned from my ex's abo, abo, I can never, I can never say Spanish, abuelita, which is like grandmother, you know, uh, old school enchiladas. And that's the way my wife's family is, man. They yeah. have these old school recipes and techniques. They cook in the old, you know, the cast iron old skillets and stuff like that when you, when you cook. And, you, and, and, and there's something in the taste and the quality that's oh, yeah. just not equaled in restaurants. And, you know, a lot of restaurants now, they've cut back on seasonings, you know, for health reasons. A lot of people can't have a lot of salts and a lot of people can't, you know, stomach a lot of, you know, spicy seasonings and things like that. So I get it. And they put the condiments on the table and you can add what you want to add here and there. But it's just not the same, no. man. You know what it's called, Gunner? And I'm not being facetious when I say this. I'm not being cute. What? I mean it. They're not putting the, 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 the number one ingredient in it. Love. Love, baby. Love. They made it with love. They but made you know, it with every ounce of love, and that's what it is. But 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 restaurants are mass production, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Where's the love? There's no love. When your place is packed, you know, when you and I think about this, when you cook with love, you notice it takes you a little bit longer to do what you want to do because you want to make sure it's right. Yeah. Oh, you don't, absolutely. Have, that kind of, you don't have that kind of leeway because I worked in a restaurant. You don't have that kind of leeway. You know, mm-hmm. you hey, look, hey, you you're late. You know, you bought hey, hey, what's 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 the hold up here? Why aren't you getting the foods out faster? you leave something out you know yeah yeah absolutely i won't use the slap chop you know the slap chop you know that thing my wife likes these i don't use it you know why because my grandma didn't use that why why am i going to use that i'm not using that i like to cut the garlic i like to slice the garlic i like to get get the rhythm down i like i like to play the theme song the sports take as i just slice the garlic and slice the garlic you know what i'm saying and the dishes pile up, and you're sitting there going, I ain't washing this mess. But you're doing it anyway. You got to do it. Yeah, You, you know, know what? I'm going to give you a helpful hint. I swear, I'm going to give you a helpful hint here. This is for everyone. Anyone can use this in the kitchen, Gunner, even you, even the right. missus. When you go shopping, you get your groceries and all that stuff, you come back home. What I do is I take one of the plastic bags. that you could, If you still get plastic bags at the grocery store or whatever, I take those, and I put them around, like, the handles on the cabinets. That, that's right off the island where I'll do my chopping. Yep. And I just take all the trash, slide it right into there. I don't miss a beat. Slide the, all the trash right there. It's right there for you. Just bag it up when you're done. Throw it yep. away. You're good to go. Just a little uh, helpful hint. Just a little helpful hint from my kitchen to yours. 
You know what? I appreciate. I wrote that down, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Gunner. Um, I uh, I have a unique take for you. Okay. And it's centered around something that a lot of people discuss and a lot of people get angry with, and it has to do with our old friend Chris Sims. Now, I know you and Rob talked about this yesterday, but uh, bottom line is he's been disrespected. Jalen Hurts has been disrespected two years in a row now by Chris Sims. One. What what was he last year? Like 37 or so? What was uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts? 40th? It was, t- it, was t- it barely made the list. So that was disrespectful. But I almost, I, in, a, in a way, I get it simply because he hadn't proven himself yet. He gets in the MVP category in his second year as a starting quarterback, takes his team to the Super Bowl. And where does he rank with, him? With, with a less than 100% shoulder. Playing with a bionic arm. Playing with a bionic arm to the Super Bowl, okay? Seventh on this list. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I think that's disrespectful. I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I think he's better than uh, Lamar Jackson. I, I think he's a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. I think you got to give a lot of credit to the obvious when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. And then I think Joe Burrow is great, and I think Jalen Hurts is great, but I put Jalen Hurts above Joe Burrow due to the fact that he's just coming off the second, the runner-up to the MVP, and also going to a Super Bowl. I think okay. this does it for effect. You know, I believe if if, if Jalen Hurts is playing for the Giants, Jalen was probably be number three on the list, hands down. Okay, but I think number one, he doesn't. He has a certain disdain for Philadelphia, and and, and number two, he's just not willing to to admit. How how do you how do you know? Well, he didn't throw for enough touchdown pass. Well, he counted for thirty five. Yeah, I don't care how you get in the end zone. The bottom line, name of the game is put the ball in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he did that. You know, I w- I said to Rob yesterday, I will go back and forth between Jalen and Josh Allen at number three. And Josh Allen had a down year, but I have to give Josh Allen a mulligan because he didn't have Brian Dable seeing the field for him. You know, mm-hmm. it was his first year. You look at what he did with Brian Dable at the helm, and all of a sudden he had to get used to another set of eyes and ears uh, a year after Dable left. And – you, you could tell he wasn't quite the same. But Josh Allen is a phenomenal talent as well. That dude's arm is as strong as anybody's in the National Football League. Um, but he had, his numbers were not the same as they were the, pre- the previous year. But I think if you're just going to base it on last year's performance overall across the board, there's no question Jalen Hurts should have been number three on that list. And we can now people say, well, you're biased because you're Philadelphia backers. Okay, maybe. But if you're being honest with yourself and if you're just looking at quarterback play across the board and what Jalen Hurts meant to his offense and did for his offense compared to the other quarterbacks in the league, other than quarterbacks named Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, there's no question Jalen Hurts should have been right behind those two. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree uh, on all that. Now here's my unique take. All right. We're getting trolled, folks. We're getting trolled by Chris Sims. There's a lot of money in trolling Philadelphia. Now, is Philadelphia an extremely passionate sports city? Absolutely. Boston is very passionate. New York, of all the people there, just the market itself, yes, there are the passionate fans there. There's a lot of passionate fans. But Philadelphia is next level up. Next level up when it comes to fan bases that can be trolled because we are so passionate that we will fly off the handle. And there's not as many clicks, folks. There's not as many views, folks, in telling us how great our teams are. 
You know where there are a lot of clicks? You know where there are a lot of, a lot of views? It is when you tell us we suck or we get disrespected. Yep. And disrespecting our quarterback as the seventh, number seven on the list of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, to say that he is seventh, not even cracking the top five, not even cracking the top three, not even cracking the top two, is wildly disrespectful to a great quarterback in Jalen Hurts that deserves all the accolades and praise. An all-pro quarterback, by the way. All... All, he deserves everything he can get when it comes to praise. To say he doesn't and to downgrade him to a top seven quarterback, oh, that'll infuriate the fan base of Philadelphia. And you know what we'll do, Gunner? You know what we'll do as a fan base? Click, 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 click. View, 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 view. Comment, 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 comment. There's curse, a lot curse, of money. Curse, curse, curse. <laughs> A lot of money in cursing. But of all that, if you piss off Philadelphia, you will have our attention more so than any fan base out there. So I think wholeheartedly that, well, here's what I know. I know there's a lot of money in trolling Philly because that if you get eyeballs and attention these days, you make money off of it. You get attention and that drives up views and, and clicks and all that stuff. So if you troll us, you will have our attention, you'll have our eyeballs, you'll have our ears, and we will let you know it. So when it comes to disrespect, it's not just about whether or not Jalen Hurts needs to oh, work harder to be the, the, the top three on Chris Sims's list of top 40. It's simply about, okay, well, wait a minute. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably better than Lamar. He's probably better than Trevor Lawrence. But if I put him up there, it won't get as much attention than if I put him in the top seven, where you could kind of argue that he's uh, the seventh best. I don't believe it, but you can make an argument for it. I if I piss you, off and respect it, I'm going to get attention for it. I don't see how you put Justin Herbert ahead of Jalen Hurts. I really don't. I don't get it. I don't get I don't, it even a little I, bit. I, I don't get how you put him. Now, the Ravens fans will say, well, you know what? Lamar's won an MVP, uh, but Jalen hasn't. Lamar won that MVP as much as running for 1,000 yards as he did throwing the football. He, he he's not a better overall signal caller than Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal athlete, but he's an erratic player as well. Jalen Hurts is consistent across the board. Even when he makes mistakes, he, he, he minimizes his mistakes. You look at how few mistakes he makes when the ball's in his hands. You know, okay, he had the fluke, he dropped the ball in the Super Bowl. He hadn't done it all season long, basically. Okay, it happens. Fluke things happen. Everybody's human. You have those human moments, okay? But look at what he did after that, how he bounced back and, and almost willed that team to win, you know, against against Kansas City in that game as well. I don't know if Lamar Jackson could have done that after, you know, uh, stumbling the way he he does sometimes. And and Lamar Jackson makes up a lot of, of, of his deficiencies with his legs, which he can stop. He's going to have to stop counting on because look at the injuries he sustained over the last couple of years. Now he's going to have to develop himself as a pure passer. Now, can he do it? Now, the Ravens went out and got some pass catchers for him. Let's see if he can do it. But in terms of just saying Lamar's a better quarterback than Jalen, no, you're wrong because you're not looking, you're adding up all the intangibles that go into being a quarterback in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and if he gotten hurt, he'd have been right there neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes for the MVP honors. Now, a lot of people felt that. You know, Hurts, if he hadn't gotten hurt and missed those two games, he'd have won the MVP. And I said, to be honest, because it is politics involved as well, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win that MVP no matter what. 
because he's Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, let's face it, Patrick Mahomes is the darling of the NFL right now. Patrick Mahomes can do no wrong. Everybody watches Patrick Mahomes this for a wild factor because of all the antics he does and excels at it. You know, they don't teach you to throw the ball underhanded behind your back to look one way and throw the ball across the field and complete a pass on a frozen rope. You know, this kid is, is like next level. There's, and to be honest, there's Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes and there's every other quarterback in the National Football League. Then you start separating all the other quarterbacks behind Mahomes. Mahomes has earned that right. Look what this kid's done at the age of 27. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time MVP. You know, he's throwing for 5,000 yards a year. Last year he did it with a – he almost – he broke the NFL single-season passing record with a bunch of cast-offs from other teams. Okay? Undisputed. Marquez Valdez Scanling. You know, they had dudes walking off the street catching passes from this dude. And he still broke the NFL passing record or got close to it. And won a Super Bowl again, you know, with a, with a seventh round quarterback or a running back, seventh round running back, a collection of running backs who would be role players on other teams. Now, granted, he has the 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 elite of the elite when it comes to tight ends, and he has a pretty doggone good offensive line that can move people off the ball, as we saw that second half in the Eagles game in the Super Bowl. But Patrick Mahomes is in a category by himself right now. Mm-hmm. I I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But I'll say this about uh, Jalen Hurts, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. And this goes back to the contract, and it goes back to also just where you would rank him throughout the entire NFL when it comes to quarterbacks, and in this case, the top 40. But for me, Gunner, when I looked at his contract, I don't think there's ever been an athlete in Philadelphia sports that I've ever looked at that gotten top dollar, like more money than anybody had ever gotten at that position. I don't think there, there's anyone I've been more confident in in terms of ability, work ethic, and what he can achieve in that contract. Like you, sometimes you'll see the big contract and be like, I hope he lives. Like in baseball, you can look at a guy like Trey Turner right now. Can he live up to $300 million? Well, I'm, I'm still, I'm not sure. I know he's better than what we've seen so far. But Jalen Hurts essentially getting what it boils down to what? Three years, $110 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed, right? Worth it. Absolutely a thousand percent worth it. I know that in those three years, Jalen Hurts is not going to be the problem. He's not going to be a head case. He's not going to be somebody that doesn't get out of his own way. I know at the quarterback position, if you're giving a guy like that that money right now, I know he's going to be worth it. Will everything else fall into place around him? That will be remain to be seen. But in terms of the confidence of giving that kind of money to this player, I've never been more confident in seeing a big number like that attached to a player like this. Um, I agree with you, but I would say the only other player I can remember would be Bryce Harper. Okay. All right. Taking the the next level. Sure. In terms of, you know, wow, that's a lot of money, but Bryce Harper will live up to expectations. He did last year. Obviously he got stonewalled with the elbow injury this year, but Bryce Harper is swinging the bat. Well, Um, I would say Bryce Harper is the only other athlete, but you're right. When it came to Jalen Hurts getting that money, it was a matter of how much is he going to get because you knew he was going to be the highest-paid player in the league, even though it was temporary because other quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, they're all going to just keep leapfrogging over each other. Mm-hmm. But for that moment in time, he was a guy who said, you know what, Jalen, you're worth everything. What you just did last season, you're worth every dollar that the Philadelphia Eagles are willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. You know, and he will continue to strive to be better than he is each and every game, each and every season. 
that's the kind of ethic that he has behind him. I have no problem with Jalen Hurts um, being the right quarterback for the Eagles, being the so-called franchise quarterback um, of the Philadelphia Eagles. No question about it. Because of what this guy is so far above and beyond his 24 years of age, it's scary. You know, we talk about it, Barrett and Rob and I, we talk about it all the time. Think about what you were like at 24, the knucklehead you were like at 24. Think about it. Okay, time's up. <laughs> uh, no, but you're right. You're right. Uh, I, to, to give that money to a guy like that, I see, here's what I don't like betting against ever. Guys with great work ethics and guys that have great talent. I think he's got great talent and he's got a great work ethic. You can't bet against those guys um, because those guys can can still surprise the people that are doubting him. And I think Jalen Hurts did a great job at the Super Bowl of summing up his whole mindset. Like, I had a purpose before anybody had an opinion. Yep. Good for you, man. Good for you. Keep riding it out. And you know what? I still hope because the 20... 18, 2017, 2018 Philadelphia Eagles. I think not that any people, still people needed a little bit of this to be proven. They proved that they hear the headlines. They know they're the underdogs. They embrace the hell out of that. And I remember asking Doug Peterson about that. He said, oh, we don't hear the noise. Yeah, okay. Lane Johnson was walking around in a dog mask. I think you hear the noise. And he then said that no one gave him a chance. And that everyone was doubting them, and no one believed in them, and they rode that as motivation all the way to a Super Bowl win. Jalen Hurts had a lot of doubters saying he's not going to take a leap forward. This is the way he is. The way he is in his first year as a starter is exactly how he'll be in the second year as a starter. But he put in the work. He certainly put in the study, uh, and he came out a thousand times better quarterback than what we saw last year. So. I see a guy that's going to continue to take those steps forward in his career. Now, there might not be as much of a ceiling in front of him now because it's hard to get higher than Super Bowl and MVP runner-up. The only way you do that is by getting the MVP or getting the Super right. Bowl ring. Right. So he's still got room, but it's not as much room to grow under that ceiling. The one thing uh, that makes me chuckle when it comes to athletes when they tell you, is, oh, I don't hear the noise, or the coaches, I don't hear the noise. Really? Because then you come out with your T-shirts – and then you come out with your mask and, you know, maybe players don't watch TV, listen to pod other people's podcasts, watch the news, but I guarantee you they have a close. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Circle of people around them, whether it's a mother, father, uh, friends, who tell, hey, man, did you hear what so-and-so just said about you on TV? They know. They know everything that goes on. 
And I've talked to so many players that will tell you under the breath, even though they tell a bunch of people with microphones in your faces, yeah, D-Gun, we know what's going on. Of course they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know the deal. No, yeah, they know the deal. There's no question about it. They know, mm-hmm. you know, because even if they try to seclude themselves from it, somebody's going to mention it to them. You know, you can't get away from it, especially since the advent of social media. You can't get away from this stuff now. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes, yeah, some use it. Some players will tell you, I don't need extra motivation. My motivation is I have a chance, a once in a lifetime chance to play a professional sport and, and get paid handsomely for it. Mm-hmm. That's all the motivation I need because I know this is temporary. This is not forever. So I'm here to maximize my money-making ability for as much as I can for as long as I can. And other athletes, which is nothing wrong with this, other athletes need that bulletin board material to get them fired up. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that because if you play at the highest level, then I'm trying to stoke your fire every week if that's what it takes to get you to play to the best of your ability. If you're a Pro Bowl athlete consistently and you look for little tidbits to get you jacked up, whether it's a battle against a certain uh, a teammate in practice every day, whether it's a coach bird dogging you every day, whether it's bulletin board material, whatever it takes to get you to your highest level mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, I don't care what it is. If that's the case, I'm all for it. <laughs> Three things came out, came to mind when I saw Chris Sims list and where Jalen Hurts was. The number one thing was, well, he's wrong. <laughs> he's better. He's better than seven. He's wrong. That's stupid. Uh, the other thing, was not all praise. You know what? Good in that regard. For the motivating factor of it, for not everyone still believes in me, somebody is still doubting me. Some, I did all this, and I I cracked the top 40 in year one, and now in year two, I'm top seven. I still think I'm better than top seven, but it's not, oh, you're still the greatest thing ever. So one was wrong. Two was the idea that everyone, not everyone is lavishing praise. There's still some criticism. And then the other thing is is the the unique take I told you before. It's just that we're being trolled, Gunner. There's a lot of money in trolling Philadelphia because people know we love to react. You know what? This here's how I'll describe well, it. Well, let me ask you this. What, 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 what? Are you speaking as an objective journalist or a passionate Philadelphia fan who who grew up here and and embraces the history and the culture okay. and the disrespect? of the Philadelphia sports culture here. Okay. I All put right. you on the spot, my friend, and asked yeah. you that question. Oh, oh, I'm on the spot. And I, re- I just, I revel in the spot, my friend. Gunner, I am a local product who had the great fortune of traveling around for 11 years, listening to people that make decisions on a big stage when it comes to the sports scene in our country. And I know what they think about Philadelphia. And I know what they think about our fan base. I do and, too. And as do you. I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So I'm only saying that so it's not just, you know, a kid from Ambler Doylestown making this statement now. It's listening to it and having what I had already thought, having it more or less confirmed. And it's not just Philadelphia. People know how to troll Boston. People know how to troll New York. But when you troll Philly – Philly is that guy at the party that every once in a while, yeah, you can have fun with them and you can have a good time. But the minute somebody speaks out of turn that you don't know, like they start breaking your stones, you're like, you don't know me that well to break my stones. Philly's the first person to be like, all right, let's go. That's the person at the party we can be. And when you poke us or troll us, like like Chris Sims is doing now, you know you're going to get our attention. Oh, that's so, what he wanted. He got exactly what he wanted. Exactly. It's he a great troll job. He got his notoriety. And because 
uh, his list is 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 a topic of conversation across across sports platforms across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I equate Philadelphia sports fans to family. You know, we can talk about our brothers and sisters all day long, but if you don't, you talking about my brother or sister, oh, we got we got a problem. We got a major problem. You know, and, and that's the way the Philadelphia fan base is. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about each other all day because it's us. But you don't know us. You you have no right to be talking about us or disrespecting <laughs> us like that. You know, uh, and, and that's why I asked you the question. Are you speaking from a passionate tone or are you in a journalistic tone? Because they're two different tones. If you're journalistic, you're more objective and you're trying to give grace. When you're speaking as a passionate fan, you take it personal. It's like somebody threw a tomato sauce on your clean white shirt. <laughs> no, it's definitely not because it's strategic. And I think that's what makes it that's what makes my decision more objective because I'm looking at the strategy behind if I'm Chris Sims and I'm Chris Sims boss, for instance, I want my list to get more attention than anything. Right, right. So the objective is to get the attention. The strategy to get that is, I think, to troll Philadelphia. I think that's part of it. Because it's Jalen Hurst to not be in a top three is bonkers to me. I, I like what our tone, uh, our producer tone, tone said. When I saw him put Daniel Jones at number eleven, immediately this list became invalid. <laughs> That's plain and simple. Tone, know? well said, well said, well said. By the way, I, I'm, I'm it seeing a, it. It's he, a conversation he, piece. It, it's his conversation piece, and he's getting notoriety for it because I'm sure more people are lambasting him than they are praising him for the structure. But that's exactly what he wanted. All he cared. I mean, think, think about it. How many people in prominent positions do and say things, people in our medium, and I'm not going to say any names, but right here in Philadelphia, I can think of a couple of people in our medium, radio, TV, print, that put stuff out there on Twitter every day just to get a response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get exact. And the thing is, here's the thing that's always just cracks me up. When they get the response to something they put out there, most of the people put on there, dude, I know you're just trying to get a response out of me, but. But you still respond. <laughs> yeah, got we exactly still got They want it. It uh, here's here's what I hate about this day and age, Gunner. All right, I'm gonna sound like the I'm gonna sound like a crotchety old man here. But here's what I hate about what we have championed as a society. Intelligence doesn't matter anymore. We reward stupidity. We can see crazy, stupid things, and then we talk about them, we dissect them, we break them down. We just talked about Chris Sims' stupid list, but we reward the stupidity with attention because the attention is where the money comes in. Of course, my friend. What are we doing, Gunner? Save of our society, course. Gunner. Society's out of whack, brother. It's never going to be reeled <laughs> in again. Never going to be reeled in again. What we what we live today is only going to get worse yeah. in the future. Uh, All right, we're going to get a little heavy in the upcoming segment, but we're also going to have some fun with some baseball. Uh, I mentioned earlier, around the world, literally around the world, we got football to talk about. Not the American football, but football, the international game. We got uh, the golf world making conversation all of a sudden. What? And uh, Philadelphia Flyers might actually be doing something good. I can't believe it. Um, And... um, the Phillies have a four-game winning streak that I am enjoying immensely. All that more coming up here on Sports Take. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Connor, do you golf? Not if I can help it. <laughs> When's the last time you were on a golf course? 15 years ago. Really? I don't golf, man. I don't golf. Here's the thing. I tell people all the time. Uh. To me, golf is boring. <laughs> now, this is from a man who will stand out there in the water and fish all day. Now catch a fish and have the greatest day in the world. A lot of mm -hmm. people say fishing is boring. But it's the pursuit of the, it's the hunt, the mm -hmm. pursuit of that water exploding. Me, I get no joy out of hitting a ball off a tee in the woods, in the water, getting it out of the woods of the water, putting it back on the fairway, getting it up to the hole. If I want to do that, I'll go play miniature golf. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah. not spending $100, $200 in golf uh, to spend four or five hours out on the golf course, even if I am riding around in a cart, not going to do it, not going to do it. <laughs> Somebody told me earlier that was the worst George Bush senior impersonation that they ever heard when I did it early in the show. Let me say it again. Not going to do it. <laughs> do you know when Dana Carvey would say that on the cue card at S on, on, on SNL? 
When Dana Carvey would say that, it would just say on the cue card, nah, N-A-G-U, dah. That's all it would say. It wouldn't even be English words. It would just be the gibberish. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, Live Golf, my friend, is uh, back in the news because they're merging with the PGA. All right? The PGA Tour and Live Golf are merging. I am, I'm not an avid golfer. I enjoy the sport. I like getting out there, outings, uh, stuff like that. I enjoy it. Going out with my dad, we golf every Father's Day together. Look forward to doing it again this year. It's fantastic. I, I really appreciate the sport. You won't find me normally watching golf unless it's the Masters, the final day, something like that. I don't follow it religiously. But for those that have followed this story, this is bonkers to me. Live golf has merged with with PGA Tour, with the PGA Tour. I did not think this was going to happen, and this seems like a muscle move by Live Golf. And all my thoughts, Gunner, were confirmed when I heard um, Andrew Brandt talk about this, okay, the former NFL executive, Andrew Brandt. Yep, yep. I couldn't I, – when I saw the news come across, I was like, this. I have to be reading this wrong. But there is the merger – and Andrew Brandt put it out there saying that the Live Golf people bought the PGA. Money, money talks. Money does talk. Live, live has that deep Saudi Arabia petroleum money. Oh, oh yeah, man. Which and is more money than the PGA Tour will ever see in the last twenty years. Oh my goodness gracious! And you know, I, here's what I equated it to, Mark. Yesterday, I gave a history lesson yesterday this is very similar when the nfl was looking over his shoulder at an upstart league called the afl and they basically thought the afl was only going to cater to second tier college players and uh washed up nfl players and lo and behold as it turned out the afl had more money deeper pockets than the nfl because they were able to give collegiate players coming out better contracts than the nfl could and AFL players were starting to dabble and dance over there as well. And then when the NFL really took notice was in 1965 when they got this guy I never heard of before named Joe Willie Namath out of Alabama to sign with the New York Jets instead of the NFL. Then all of a sudden the next year, the NFL and the AFL announced a merger. And after the fact that the AFL was able to secure a TV deal with NBC Sports, all of a sudden the NFL said, oh, we better get on board. This is very similar. Now, see, the PGA Tour has been the head of the golf mafia for how many decades? <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, forever. Nobody's been able to touch the PGA, and all of a sudden, this upstart live golf, and then all of a sudden, are you okay? You who? Who are you? All of a sudden, one, two, three, four, five, six big names started mm -hmm. defecting to live golf. Why? Because live offered you can finish twenty fifth in our tournament and make more guaranteed money playing less tournaments tournaments for us than you could paying a, playing a full circuit of tournaments finish, finishing twenty fifth on the PGA tour. And then the PGA said, uh "Oh, wait a minute." And then the PGA started filing lawsuits, and then live countered with lawsuits. And then you had the loyalists for the PGA saying, "I will never cross the line. I will never embarrass the PGA, the grandfather of golf like this." Okay, and then all of a sudden, what did we hear yesterday? There is a merger on the horizon. So here's the thing, Gunner. I uh, 
I get the money. Like I, I don't, I don't get the money, but I understand the money. Like money is what makes the world go round. You'd be naive to think otherwise. Yes, there are still good, wholesome people in the world that will just try to do the right thing no matter what, and that's beautiful. But when it comes to business, and this is business, money is what makes people move. So that part of it I understand. But what I don't understand is how uh, Jay Monahan, the uh, the the commissioner, the commissioner of PGA, said a year ago. And, and and scoffed at any idea of players going over to play for Live Golf. That's right. He scoffed at it. So there was automatically an acknowledgement that playing for Live was beneath you as a PGA Tour member. That's and right. then, to hell with that, he didn't double down. He quadrupled down by involving the human rights people behind the scenes in Saudi Arabia by talking about what goes on behind the scenes with some of this money. And then the 9-11 commission comes into this, when, or excuse me, the 9-11 coalition comes into this because Jay Monahan also talked about how, oh, you've never had to apologize for being part of the PGA Tour, have you? No, didn't think so. And then he doubles and quadruples down on it by saying, I have friends who have lost loved ones in 9-11. And what would they be saying about something like this? This was a year ago, and now they just take a wad of cash, they throw it in your face and say, guess what, clown? We're merging, and we're going to become our own big thing, which is yet to be uh, yet to be determined what the name is going to be. But the money aspect is not the surprising thing. I understand a lot of times you see money, you go, how high do I jump? Okay, fine. But the stuff that was said built leading up to this moment is the stuff that just I can't get over. The money is, I think anyone can understand the money aspect. But realizing what Live Golf was, acknowledging the people that were the most anti-Live Golf people, acknowledging that you understood the ramifications of them starting up a, a league and having people going over there and saying how wrong it is for the past year. And then all of a sudden, by the way, we're family now. Uh, what? That to me is the hypocrisy is what gets me the most. The financial aspects of it, I can understand. The, the hypocrisy is just what I won't get over. You've already acknowledged that this is not a good entity. And now, you, now they're your family. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it boils down to. Uh, Rory, there are a lot of people. Rory McElroy got into it, sure. Oh, yes. Rory McElroy said he hates it. You know, he said it feels like he's been made a sacrificial lamb behind this because he has stood his ground and defended the PA. And because he always thought there was going to be like that feels against the McCoys, the North versus the South in the Civil War, that the PGA would never buckle under the pressure. There's a whole lot of people. He said he also added yesterday that at a meeting uh, between Jay Monahan and 100 golfers on the PGA Tour, a lot of those players are ticked off. And here's why. A lot of them are worried about losing the PGA cards because now these prominent names are going to be playing back over in the PGA and, and how they've fought tooth and nail to secure PGA cards. How will it affect them being able to qualify for future tournaments? Not this year, but moving forward next year. And on top of that, think about the networks, how they're scrambling because uh, one network executive who remained anonymous said, nobody had a bleeping clue this was coming. They weren't even warned. These are the people who are paying $700 million annually to put your uh, product on its TV screens over the weekend. CBS, NBC, ESPN, the Golf Channel. And what's going to happen with the contract Liv has with the CW Network? 
Now, what's and all these TV contracts have to come into play because when you look at the primary contracts like NBC and those networks, their contracts technically run through 2030. Um, ESPN's contract, which was a separate contract, pays them 75 million annu- uh, annually. Their contract runs, I believe, through 2030. Now, here's another side of this. Somebody mentioned that because of the Saudi oil bank, they could very easily buy out the CW network. Now, CW network's ticked off right now. But I tell you what, if you buy them out and pay them the right price, how ticked off will you be? If they give you yeah. a bunch, how, how ticked off are you really going to be? Well, you know, we we just felt that after meeting with certain people, uh, it was in our best interest to step, a, step aside. Really? How much did you get to step aside? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. That's but, the most expensive shuffle in the history of television. <laughs> But how will these contracts now come into play? Because they're, they're going to have to be renegotiated across the board. Is it going to be standard that certain networks still get the majors like the Masters, the U.S. Open, the PGA, the Ryder Cup? Or are you going to have to divvy it up like the uh, NFL does? You know, mm-hmm. one year uh, NBC gets the Super Bowl. Next year CBS gets the Super Bowl. Are you going to have to restructure this? How are you going to divvy it up now? I, I'm not I am I want to make this clear. I'm not making a comparison between Liv Golf and Roger Goodell. I'm not doing that. My comparison is not between yet. a not <laughs> between a sports entity and a contributing business, a sponsor. When Roger Goodell took over the commissioner reigns in the NFL, remember that great story? It was in of all magazines, I think it was in GQ. They wrote yep. up this like great nine-page piece on Roger Goodell. And one of the stories was when he took over as commissioner, he was talking about a deal they had with um, – it might have been Reebok at the time. And his first one of his first orders of business was, get Reebok on the phone. We're going to renegotiate that deal. And he and the, peop- the execs were like, what are you talking about? We, can't, we just literally signed the new deal. And Roger Goodell said, allegedly, we're the NFL. We can do whatever we want. That's right. If you if you're Live Golf and now also the PGA Tour being essentially bought by Live Golf and Live Golf has endless amounts of uh, money, they could do whatever the hell they want. TV deals, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's your, so we could just not be dragged out through uh, litigation and, and trials and and courts and all that stuff. We just here you go. How much you need, and it's over. And then guess what? After a while, it quiets down, and then people just start watching golf. You know, eventually Doug, that's what it's going to get to. Yeah, Duck Wayne here says, Degon, the TV contracts aren't going to be that hard. It's a, it's simple. The tours and the matches under each individual entity remain the signed TV entity. That's for this year. I don't see that being the case uh, moving forward because you know what's going to happen now? Because mm-hmm. of this new historic movement between this upstart golf league and the, the, the status quo PGA tour, everybody who does golf is going to want a piece of this historic moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. it's not going to be status quo. Yeah. Yeah. You it, know what else? It can't be. It, it, you know what else? You talked about the AFL. Um, I, don't, I don't know how many years the AFL was around before the merger. It was but, like uh, um, six, seven years. So, eight, okay. Years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The Live Golf they had their first event a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They were founded in 21. And then they finally had an event last year. And now they're, now they're right there with the P. Now they're going to be one thing. That is insane. How much money do they have? That much money. That much where they were a thought like 20 minutes ago. And now they're on the same level. They're the same entity. That is, you, in, you know, that is absolutely insane. 
You know who who the sickest person is uh, when, when this announcement came out? Oh. Who has to be these? Tiger Woods. He took oh, out $800 yeah. million dollars for one year. $800 million for one year if he had made the switch. He didn't do it. He withstood loyalty. He stayed with the PGA Tour. And now if I'm Tiger Woods, I'm thinking – because let's face it, to be honest, for as phenomenal as Tiger Woods was in his prime, we have seen in recent years he will never be that golfer again because of the injuries that have taken a toll on his body. He, you know, he struggles just to make cuts now in tournament, whereas mm-hmm. it was just a given that you knew you were going to see him walking down Amen Corner every Saturday and Sunday when it came to the primetime events on Saturday uh, 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 of the primetime events on, on the weekend. That's not the case anymore. He turned down $800 million dollars for one year to make a commitment to this new that tells you how deep the pockets is dude when you can offer one person 800 million for one year service a bottomless pit gunner um i know a lot of people will look at the money he would have to earn on the tour to get to 800 million and he'd have to play for another like thousand years basically and be the best ever um do you know Tiger Woods' overall net worth right now? Is it like one point two billion or something like that? Okay, uh, one point seven, one point zero seven billion. Okay. Is that before or after he had to give up all that money and divorce? Is that after? <laughs> I'm just hey, look, I'm it's just after. That was a while ago. <laughs> you're you're asking for geez, who's your friend? Oh my god, uh, but. <laughs> Mark, I don't what? care if no. you, I don't care if you have eight billion dollars. No, 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 but that's my point. No, but that that no, 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 you're exactly right. But that's my point. What I'm saying is, he could have almost doubled his net worth <laughs> by saying yes to live golf, and he was like, no thanks. So his net worth is still pretty nice. I'm not. That's not why I'm bringing it up. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm not bringing it up for people that think they have to worry about Tiger Woods's financial status. I'm not bringing it up like that. I'm saying he could have doubled it almost. Oh, yeah. With a couple me, of swings of the golf club. To me, you offering me that kind of money, the first thing that comes to mind. You ever watch the old Beverly Hills Billy sitcom? <laughs> of course, yeah. You ever watch it? Okay. Yeah, so I tell you a story about a man named Jed, yeah. Yeah, okay. You remember the part where it says, Black Gold, Texas Team. <laughs> That's what I would have been thinking. You offering me $800 million, Black Gold, Texas <laughs> Team. Well, the first thing you know, oh, good. <laughs> So we moved to Beverly. <laughs> I need to see you in Beverly Hills. I need to see Gunner oh. let loose in Beverly. Where'd you have that first espresso? In La Jolla, California. La Jolla, California. That's okay, where I'd enough. be. La Jolla, California. <laughs> Good Black enough. Gold, Texas. Uh, I'm telling you right. right now. I I don't know if this has ever been done on Sports Take, but we're going to set a new trend today. We're going to talk golf. And then hockey. Just real quick, I want to get this in here before we uh, we hit the break. Uh, I think the Flyers are doing the right thing, Gunner. I think the Flyers are doing the right thing. Uh, they need to burn it down in order to start it up again. Um, I agree. I agree. Danny Danny Deals, Danny Briere pulled off, I think, a great trade. And the bottom line for people that casually follow it, you gave away your best defenseman and Ivor Provorov. Fine. Yep. You got back a you got back three picks, and one of the picks is the 22nd overall pick in this upcoming draft. 
So the Flyers will now have yeah. the 7th overall pick and the 22nd overall pick. Yeah. I grew up a huge Flyers fan, Gunner, and I, I do miss the mindset. I knew there'd be a day where I really miss it. And it turns out there's been two consecutive years where I've really missed it. And that's at least the mindset of Ed Snyder, of always believing that ownership gave a thousand percent and they were a thousand percent bought into what this team was doing. And they were a thousand percent in touch with the fan base and what the fan base wanted and losses affected them more than anything, even more than the fans. You had that same heartbeat in the luxury suites that you had, you know, on, you know, uh, ninth street. Okay. With people that rooted for the flyers. I miss that feeling. I don't have that feeling anymore, but they need to build it down to, they need to break it down to build it back up. And this is a type of trade that does exactly that. And the fact that there's another move potentially on the horizon with Carter Hart is also, unfortunately, it's something that I hate to admit, but it is something that needs to be done as well. I want to give the Flyers praise, Danny Briere praise, our old friend Keith Jones praise. I want to give mostly Danny Briere the, uh, the praise though, because this is a move that needed to be made. I think you have the right coach in place, whether you like Tortorella or not. I think I do. When you, when you break it down, you tear it down, and you build it from the ground up. You have a guy now who's going to have a group of players where he's not going to be afraid, nor has he ever been, to get in their faces to get him to play the style of hockey that he wants to play. Number one, number two, um, you've gone as far as you could with this mess, and that's what has been basically the last few years a mess. You need to go in a different direction. Okay. You know, Keith Jones, I love him to death. I text with him periodically. Um, inexperienced at that position. Danny Briere, inexperienced at that position. But see, the, I'm looking at this as the Flyers' mindset of it's time to change what was. What was can be no more. Let's try something fresh and new. You see they've restructured their front office also, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And everything's going to be new and different now. You got to. You got to do it, plain and simple. Um, mm -hmm. Will it work? Only time will tell. But what you're doing is you're telling the brand, uh, especially if you trade a goalie, Carter Hart, you got to give us time. We finally heard you. We've heard your public cries of anger. But you've got to be patient. This is not an overnight fix. It may take two to three years to get. But if you see us making steady progress, just, just go with us. Give us a chance. New direction in front office personnel. New direction on the ice. We feel we have the right coach in place to, to orchestrate this thing and coordinate it. Give us time. And time take three years to get it to where you want it to be. But if we get there, then you'll know it's worth it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we it, finally heard you. We finally, we finally stopped hiring the retreads. We finally stopped hiring the big names that were associated with our organization forever. You know, Keith Jones was a part of this, yes, Briere. But they weren't the old school names. It's a fresh approach. Keith Jones has been around the game for how long? And he's been in the booth. He's gone to every mm -hmm. hockey city, talks to all the coaches, all the front office people all the time. He has a perspective on how a hockey team should be built. Can he implement it? That, that remains to be seen. But you, give him a chance. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do. I'm with don't him. give him just in, in a temporary chance. Give him a long-term chance. And when I say long-term, three years. Give him a chance. Mm -hmm. Don't be that fan, Mark. Give him a chance. I'm with you. Hey, look, I, I know that the name is mud now. And when you talk about the process with the Sixers, a lot of people just eye roll and vomit. But 
I believe that even with Sam Hinkie, and I remember asking people at the time mm -hmm. Sam Hinkie got the job. I remember after Drew Holiday got traded and the process officially started, I said to people, how long are you willing to give this? Because I was one of the Sixers fans out there that was saying, I'm tired of the mediocrity and the post-Iverson era. Andre Iguodala is not winning us a championship. Andre Miller's not winning us a championship. None of these guys are going to lead us to a championship. I love Spencer Hollis, but he's not an MVP center. Like, come on. All right. Let's acknowledge what we're watching here. Mediocrity. Purgatory. I was for breaking it down to build it back up. And I remember asking people, how long are you willing to give this? I said I was willing to give it three years. I feel like in sports, nobody should get, in really every any, any walk of life, nobody should get a blank check of time and just say, ah, take whatever. Time is the most valuable asset. Yes. And when you say it's going to be unlimited, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So for Sam Hankey, I thought three years. I'll give him three years to really turn it around. And sure enough, it ended up being about three years before the league got involved and then shook up things. With the Flyers, yeah. I think Flyers fans are going to have to give it that same amount, amount of time. I think you're going to have to give it three years. You're going to have to give. You're going to have to have a plan in place to build this back up to what it once was in Philadelphia and what it once was throughout the entire NHL. And I'm telling you right now, I got faith in Danny Breer. And as a guy that worked for 13 years with uh, with Keith Jones, I saw a guy go from goofball, fun co-host in the in the radio booth to a well-respected national hockey analyst. That's and right. I didn't think I'd see that from every role he's ever been in. And I watched him work. So when it comes to a guy working, he's not going to shy away from work. And what did I say exactly. earlier about other people? I never bet against anybody that has talent and a great work ethic. And Jonesy's got both those things. So now, Mr. President, Keith Elaine Jones, I have confidence that he'll help with Danny Briere in turning this franchise around and giving us confidence as a fan base that we will be watching a real competitor within the next three years. But they got to commit to it. As you said, Gunner, it's a great point. It can't just be three years. Oh, there's nothing. See ya. No, it's got to be three years and watching. And I'm sorry to use the term, but watching the entire process play out and letting a guy like yeah. Danny Briere specifically yes. see the yeah. ball into the mitt. I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. Look at us. Look at us. It won't happen often. No, no. This is no. Hold on. Let's mark the date. What are the days? The sixth, the seventh, the seventh. All right, the seventh. All right. When we come back, the seventh. Gunner and Farzi agree. All right. So Gunner, when we come back, we got some Phillies conversation. We got birthdays coming up a little bit later. We're gonna go around uh, the NFL world. We're gonna turn it back to the Eagles a little bit. Uh, we got it all in the final hour of the show coming up here on Sports Day here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. 
sure our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake them Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. looking good outside gunner it's not looking good outside the air quality the air quality it's terrible people uh, people keep talking about these uh wildfires the smoke that is coming down from canada um and i saw a lot of people like in parts of new york saying that you know over the last couple of days when the sun has been out it looked it looks like it's it's dark overcast day because of the heavy smoke and people oh, yeah. are complaining about you know eye irritation nose irritation coughing and now you know my daughter's you know where I live here in Delaware you know they say hey dad if you look outside look how gray it is outside and I'm thinking the fires are that bad in Canada the smoke is filtered all the way down here mhm yeah wow um i was uh, i was telling you i was going to go mow the lawn today because I live in the suburbs now and I have a lawn. Um, <laughs> and my wife was like, don't go outside. And I'm like, why not? She goes, the air quality. I go, what, allergies? She goes, no, there's smoke. So I was watching some of the Yankee game the other day, and they had all this. I thought it was just overcast, but it looked a little bit more hazy than that. Right. M- maybe they had pyrotechnics. I don't know. But it was smoky. It was smoky. It looked ominous. And now apparently in Philadelphia, it's really bad. When I asked, um, I don't want to trigger anybody's um, uh, lady that talks to them, like gives them the weather every day. But when I talked to the machine today and I said, what's the weather? Uh, I got the, uh, you know, like high of 80, whatever, and uh, bad, bad air, like air quality at, at a dangerous level. And I was like, was that for allergy sufferers? Because I, you know, pollen really gets to me and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was like, no, it was the air quality because of the Canadian fires, man. It's dangerous out there. Uh, our, our producer, Tone, said, Philly smells like a damn bonfire. The sun looked red. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
I haven't, I haven't, I haven't taken it to that level yet. I said, but I can't wait to get outside and look and smell the air. Um, you know, I can't wait to get outside anyway. My wife's got this house like a meat locker. You know, <laughs> I can't wait to get outside where it's 80 degrees, man. This is ridiculous. Ah, uh, well, you know? I just, I don't know if, if outside is the best idea. If anyone in the Philly area watching right now is uh, going to be going outside for anything, just take it under advisement. Um, uh, Duck is saying us here on uh, the uh, chat. I can smell the burning wood like I used to when I camped out. Wait, Duck also says there's a wildfire in New Jersey. First of all, uh, Duck, where about New Jersey is the wildfire, number one? And number two, um, let's see. I can. Uh, do you live in Jersey or Philly? There is a wildfire in Jersey. I remember there, really? I, saw, I saw it on the news this morning. Really? Yeah. It's not, it's not as bad as the Canadian wildfires, well, obviously. Well, maybe that's where the smoke's coming from in Philly, from that wildfire in Jersey. I, I'm, sure in that, Canada. I'm sure it's added. I'm sure it's added. But they're attributing, they're attributing all the fires, all the smoke to the Canadian fire that's coming over here. So you mean to tell me when I go out today, I got to put on a gas mask just to function? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Uh, Duck says he lives in South Philly, by the way. Um, oh, South Philly, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, you might, I think some people recommended an ND95 mask again. Do you have one? <laughs> I still have like 50 or left over from the pandemic. Wait, uh, what kind of mask? The ND, the ND ninety fives. I don't know. I just, I just bought. Man, I don't even look at no numbers, man. They, they, all I know is they're black or powder blue. That's all I know. <laughs> no, no, I got the, uh, yeah, I got the ND ninety fives, man. I went, I went real legit. So yeah, but, so people are just saying, be careful out there. I do. I will say, I did buy some that my brother told me to buy. He he wears. They have like the little, uh, like the little circular holes that have filters on the side of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Those. those are pretty cool, lightweight. I still. I still got a box of them in my closet. I, th- I wonder how much I can get for them on eBay. Oh, right now? Uh, the supply and demand isn't as bad. Isn't Especially as bad. In, in, for New York and North Jersey. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, what, uh, you know. What is the fitness rebel says? It's over my area, but not in the air. If that makes sense. You yeah. can see the sky, but there's no smoke in the air. Okay. Okay. The wildfires in Jackson, New Jersey, according to the news. Mm. All right. I am seeing this. I, I want one guy to know Jake Friel there in, yeah. the, in the in the comment section. Uh, just know, Jake, that I see your comment about playing the South Park song "Blame Canada." <laughs> I don't think it's ever inappropriate. I know I love that song. It's a hilarious song. Uh, got, so everyone out there, just be careful. You got some yard work to do, whatever it is. You got some walking around, whatever you got to do, run some errands. Just be careful out there with the uh, the, the the conditions there. Um. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Gunner. Yes. Question for you, sir. I don't understand this Philadelphia Phillies baseball team that we got going on here. Uh, All right. Uh, All of a sudden, June hits. Kyle Schwarber starts hitting home runs again. Rob Thompson decides to shake up the lineup and put Trey Turner, their worst hitter all season long, and that includes Cody Clemens, by the way, um, who's actually been having a pretty decent season for the Phillies as a starter. And all of a sudden, Trey Turner, it goes to become your cleanup hitter Move uh, Castellanos up to the two-hole. Then you have uh, Bryce Harper bat as your uh, three-hole hitter. And then you have Trey Turner. Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Turner. One through four. All of a sudden, with the exception of last night, but in the uh, two other games, you see some offense and some life from this Phillies lineup. How does that make any sense in the mind of a professional athlete 
where the manager just starts pushing buttons, shuffling the deck a little bit, and all of a sudden you blink, you got a four-game winning streak. Well, I think we have to put it in its proper perspective. First of all, this winning streak has come against Washington and Detroit. Fair. You know, two teams that are, are struggling. Um, I want to see them do it. You know, when you look at their upcoming schedule, you have you've got the Dodgers coming here who blasted them when they were out on the West Coast uh, recently. The Mets handled them in New York recently. Uh, you got Oakland in there. Oakland's the worst team. Oakland should be a double-A team. They shouldn't even be a major league team. They're so bad. You know, so they should whack Oakland. But then you you close out the first half of the season. And you still have the Marlins, who are playing good baseball right now. Um, and as I look at this Philly schedule, uh, we we were just talking about this. And so so here's what the Phillies are looking at. After they finish beating up on Detroit, they have this three-game weekend series at home against the Dodgers. Then they have to go to Arizona for three. Arizona, no, for four for Arizona. For four games, yeah. Arizona's playing good ball right now. They're tied for first place with the Dodgers. Um, Oakland, eh, they should, that double-A team, they should sweep that series. That's a, a quick three-game series. Then you have Atlanta. You have the Mets, the Cubs. Then you get Washington again. Oh, by the way, your last six games before the break, you've got Tampa, which has the best record in baseball, and Miami. And we all know we all know what Miami has been—a thorn in Philadelphia's side for years, except for last year. Um, so, I'm going to wait until we reach the All Star break before I form a definitive opinion on this team because I thought Stott should be the leadoff hitter at one point up until recently. Stott was the best hitter, mm-hmm. most consistent hitter. Um, he should have stayed the lead off, you know, and Thompson kept moving him up to first, dropping him down a fifth or sixth, leave him there. But for whatever reason, you got Paul Bunyan Schwarber, once you put him back in the leadoff spot, he's whacking home runs again. Okay. Um, but when you look at this Phillies lineup yesterday, I still have concerns because they only mustered a grand total of three hits. Yeah against this Detroit team. Now, Detroit has some decent arms, but you should not come away with just three hits. When and it was you, a bullpen game yesterday. Yes. When you look at this lineup the Phillies have, every night, every night, you should have a minimum seven, eight hits per game with this lineup. I don't care if Harper's mm-hmm. out. I don't care if you're missing a few pitchers. This team should have a minimum, accidentally, seven, eight hits per night. Mm-hmm. And a Detroit team is going nowhere holds you to three hits, okay? So I still have a lot of reservations about this team. Uh, I will agree with you on the reservations. I will say this, though. I still think the Phillies are making the playoffs. I think I, I think, I think uh, they played the worst brand of baseball that we have seen, yes. and I think it'll only get better. Now, I acknowledge, and you rightfully pointed out, that it's the Nationals and that it's the Tigers. So from even not being like fun police, you know what I'm saying? I, I even to just acknowledge that for a second, we know who they played. I'm just happy that they won. The Phillies were still the Phillies when they played those teams that they're supposed to be better than. We'll see if they can sweep the Tigers today when they play later on at 6.05 uh, with Zach Wheeler getting the ball. I'm also going to predict Zach Wheeler has himself a good start for the Phillies tonight and also predict that he makes it four starts in a row by Phillies starting pitchers that go at least seven innings to start out a ball game. So I'm going to say it's going to be four straight after today, after the way uh, Zach Wheeler pitched as terrible as he did against the Nationals, only lasting three and two-thirds. But I do believe in get-right games in football, and I believe in get-right series, serieses in baseball. 
play the Nationals, play the Tigers, build a little confidence, remind yourself that you're pretty good at playing baseball, Trey Turner, remind yourself that you're a pretty good pitcher, Aaron Nola, get right as Ranger Suarez did against the Mets earlier or last week and as he did in his last start against the Nationals as well. I believe in those get-right series, get-right moments where you get your feet back under you, you get some kind of good momentum going, and hopefully you carry that into the Dodgers series. Now, I'm not saying because they beat the Nationals and the Tigers that they have all of a sudden gotten right and that they're going to beat the Dodgers. Those are get-right series, but they'll only be get-right if you got right against the Dodgers. If you're able to take two or three, if you're able to avoid the sweep like you did out there in Los Angeles, or as they got swept in Los Angeles, well, then you're going to be looking like a much different ball club when you go in to face a team like the Diamondbacks who just gave you trouble in South Philadelphia a couple yep. weeks ago. Yep. So we'll see if they have been mm, righted, if the ship has gotten righted. But the biggest thing still remains the question. It's not just about the Phillies turning it around. It's about Trey Turner turning it around as an individual. Because we have seen when he gets on base, the havoc he can wreak. And when he gets on base, he can steal bases. You feel like you always have a runner in scoring position. That uh, double the other day, I think it was, by Nick Cassianos, he scored from first. Yep. And it wasn't even like a belted ball either. If you get all these guys right and getting going in the right direction, and Rob Thompson has finally pushed the right buttons, and although I don't like this lineup as it is put together right now, if it works, guess what, Gunner? I'm going to love it. Uh, and it seems to be working uh, over the last four games. Last night, an exception. Yes, it was a bullpen game. But when I thought that he was going to change things around, I thought it meant Brandon Marsh, who him and Bryson Stott have really been your most consistent hitters in terms of anyone not named Nick Castellanos. Yeah. But I thought he was going to go with, as the numbers were dictating after the injury with Alec Bohm, I thought he was going to go Stott, Marsh, move him up in the order, then have Harper, Castellanos, and then Schwarber. And then maybe Trey Turner, maybe JT Real Muto. And, and work out the lineup like that, again, after the Boehm injury. I did not expect Schwarber to go back to the top of the order, and I sure as hell didn't expect Trey Turner to be your cleanup hitter. But they're winning. Well, you know, Schwarber's got, what, 16 homers now, three in, in seven days, or three Jeez. in six days in the month of June. Uh, he had 46 last year. Now, he can't hit himself. He can't hit his jersey number when it comes to batting averages. Wow. You look at his batting average, but that's not what he's here for. He's, he's like the Babe Ruth of the Phillies lineup. You're just here to hit the ball out of the park. That's all we want you to do. Yeah. You know, and now he's starting to do it. He's got that June swing back again. Um, Wheeler, Wheeler has to have an outstanding outing against this Detroit lineup tonight. After what he did against a weak Washington lineup over the weekend, he got slacked, slacked over the weekend against Washington. You have to bounce back. I have major concerns still about the number one and number two pitchers on his rotation. Aaron Nota had a phenomenal outing his last outing. Wheeler did not. They can't seem to get it together for some, some reason. If, if, if Wheeler doesn't get it together tonight against this team, that's a major problem moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I 100% agree with you as far as that goes. With, with Schwerber, though, the home runner bust thing is definitely his M.O. But the other reason that Rob Thompson, I love this attitude, the other reason Rob Thompson put it back at the order is the mind game of it all. If you're a starting pitcher, you know that right out of the gate, you got to be on top of your game because yeah. you could, you make a mistake. You work your way into the start. You work your way into the day. You make that mistake and Kyle Schwarber is going to make you pay for it. And did you see the home run he hit yesterday in the first inning? Oh yeah. Speaking of golf gunner, that was about a nine iron. 
that he put up into the atmosphere. And that thing tickled a cloud before it came down in the uh, the right field stands. I thought that was just going to be a, at most, warning track power, a high fly ball to right field for an out. And he just got enough muscle on that ball and enough wind carried that ball into the stands. And then that was it. one nothing victory for the Phils. Uh, Taiwan Walker was phenomenal. His phenomenal. splitter yesterday yeah. – I believe that every starting pitcher in baseball has a particular pitch that got them to where they are. Whether that be whether that be a Cy Young conversation like Aaron Nola a couple years ago, even last year, and his two seam fastball really working well for him. He got back to that two starts ago, and or excuse me, two games ago for the Phillies, and he took a no hitter into the seventh inning. You saw Taiwan Walker use and abuse the hell out of that splitter yesterday, and that's the pitch that helped him build a major league career. Eight strikeouts in the game, seven of them coming on on coming on from uh, swinging over the splitter that was definitely low dust in the dirt uh, as it crossed the plate, and guys were flailing at it all day. That was a brilliant performance by Taiwan Walker yesterday. Now it's up to Zach Wheeler. Hey, man, keep the good vibes going. Complete the sweep of the Tigers, win five of your last six games, take that momentum into the Dodgers series, and then see if you actually did get right against these teams that are supposed to be inferior and teams that you proved were inferior. Now make it worth all the matter against a team like the Dodgers. Well, that's the biggest test coming up. I mean, this is just a prelim for what's to come. And you got to win the majority of these games. Rob and I said going into these two series against Washington and Detroit, it's mandatory you win a minimum four out of six of these next games. Now they have the potential to win five out of six. That's a great momentum builder for, for going up against a team you could possibly face in the playoffs again this year. And after what they did to you on the West Coast, you need to respond in some way, shape, or form this week. I don't care if you win every game two to one. I don't care. It's not about the run total. It's about the Ws. I mean, the Dodgers hammered their pitching staff from start to finish in that three-game series out there on the West Coast. You need to come back here and 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 and, and serve notice that we're we're your equal. We're not submissive to you, okay. And I don't care if you win one nothing, two to one, three to one. Get the all important W's. At the very least, win two out of the three against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. That's I, I, I will say, man. I think it was the fifth inning last night. Um, Phillies got robbed with some big hits. Brandon Marsh. Hey, look, it was a one nothing game. So, look, the Phillies should have performed better than what they did. You mentioned the three hits. Um, Bryson Stott led off with that single, I believe. Yeah, he had the chopper. Yep. And then he was running off first. They got the hit and run going with Brandon Marsh at the plate. He hits a bullet to short at second base who catches it, doubles off uh, Bryce, or d- doubles off Bryson Stott off first base. So instead yep. of having what could have been runners at first and third with nobody out, you had no runners on with two outs. And then – Drew Ellis hit the line drive to left field, and uh, Badu goes out there and makes the diving catch. So two great plays in that inning, but no excuses. But I'm just saying that's something that happened. Um, yeah, the Phillies have been doing it all season long. Look at how yeah. they've run themselves out of innings. Their their uh, production with runners in scoring position is atrocious. For a team with the heavy hitters they have in this lineup, 0 for 9, 1 for 2, 1 for 12, 2 for 10. It's, they've been that way all year long. They mm-hmm. cannot – for the most part, capitalize when they have runners in scoring position. Yeah. They're their own worst enemies. And that's yeah. a part of that's a big part of their game and a big part of the reason why they're below sea level. Now, they're only three games below instead of six or seven games below sea level, but that's a big reason why they're below sea level. 
not being able to manufacture runs with runners in scoring position. You have got to come out of this tailspin. And the month of June is when they started doing it last year. And so far, month of June is starting all over again with the same manager. Rob Thompson's not going anywhere. He signed a two-year extension. You're not going to you're not going to replace him. This is not a Girardi situation. He's here for the duration. So this is on the players. You know what Rob Thompson likes to do. You know his strategy. It's for you to go out there and produce. You got a lot of big money committed to this lineup, one through nine. Mm-hmm. And you no. better go out there and produce. Hey, yeah. the Dodgers are producing. The Braves are producing. Now the Marlins are producing with a bar- with, with, a, with a with a bargain basement, you know, lineup. They're not paying it, but they're producing. Arizona's producing. You better start catching up to these teams. These are the teams you need to measure yourself by. Mm-hmm. Thousand percent. Uh, by the way, just real quick, two things from this series. Um, we talk about get right series, as I've mentioned here. Okay, we talk about the pitching and what you've gotten from Aaron Nola, what you've gotten from Taiwan Walker, and why I think you're gonna have another good start uh, in this rotation from Zach Wheeler today. Coming into this series, the Tigers batted two twenty six as a team. That's twenty eighth in all of baseball. So that's pretty terrible. Runs per game, only 4.3. That's tied for 23rd in all of baseball. But bottom line, and they also have only uh, 47 home runs on the season. Okay, only 47 home runs on the season. That's 27th in all of baseball. So if you're a pitcher, you were begging to see the Tigers. All right? Begging to see the Tigers. Uh, Gunner, I got to ask this. I know at this part of the show, you like to go around the horn a little bit in the world of the NFL. I'm going to start it off with something fun that we can all get into. I don't like the Madden cover. I don't need I, it. I don't, I don't want my players on the Madden cover. No, well, thank you. Well, I, I don't like it because why isn't Jalen Hurts on there instead of Josh Allen? Right. Yeah. I don't like it either, and that's why we're bringing it up today. The Madden, it leaked. The Madden cover. I like how it leaked, and Adam Schefter tweeted it out. Like, I don't think that was a leak. But anyway, that's, a leak. that's a forced leak. That's like the NFL releasing schedule dates just to get you talking about the upcoming schedule. Wait, is, um, the Madden, is the Madden cover still cursed? Yeah, is that still a thing? I don't think it's as bad as it was like ten years ago. Like when I when I when I was growing up, it was like if you were on the Madden cover, you were getting hurt. Yeah. Like if you were on the Madden cover, you got to run for the hills. You got to go to training camp and bubble wrap. Let's see. Tone said, "Hey, Josh Allen can have it. The Madden cover is cursed. And that's why I, is it still cursed? Because usually that's a big story. I haven't seen much on the so called curse of the Madden cover recently. And I thought yeah. maybe." Maybe things have evened out. Maybe the maybe the aura of the of the stars have aligned differently now when well, it comes to being on a Madden cover. Well, it used to be the, uh, the 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 Sports Illustrated jinx, where if you were on the front cover of Sports Illustrated, yep. you weren't winning anything. That's right. Uh, and then it kind of transitioned to the Madden cover curse. Um, and I don't. I think the Madden. I think the curse. I think the what's the word? The aura still surrounds the Madden cover with the curse. <laughs> But I don't see it as a curse anymore. Like, who's the last guy? I don't even know who's the last guy to be on Madden, and then he was out for the year. You know what I mean? Our friend Maggie Moose Swing Bella says, yes, it is still cursed. Keep jailing away from it. (laughs) I'm fine with that. And see, that's why, because of the mystique. That's the word I'm looking for, Gunner. The mystique of the cover, of the Madden cover. I don't want it. Let let my guy be under the radar. And you know what? If you're Jalen Hurts, maybe you don't give it. Maybe you don't care about the mystique. Maybe you don't care about whatever surrounds it, the aura around it. Maybe you'll just take it as another slap in the face. You got Chris Sims saying you're not even in the top uh, five quarterbacks, and uh, maybe you got the, the Madden people being like, "Guess what? You don't deserve to be on this cover." 
I look, a lot of people buy into all this curse stuff. I don't buy it. I just, I just think it's one of those things. I don't buy it. All, look, uh, who is it? Dad says Mahomes broke his knee, broke his knee out. Remember? Oh, uh, that's right. It was Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Agree. Uh, what was this? Uh, where was it here? Uh, it says agree. Keep Jalen off the cover. You know, keep uh, Mahomes broke his knee. Okay, please, no hard knocks. And people think that, that you're jinxed if you're on hard knocks as well. Um, I think you're already jinxed. That's how you get on hard knocks. I don't think it's a matter of hard knocks jinxing you. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't buy any curses and voodoo and all that good stuff. Yeah, I, I ain't into that, man. No. Really? No. Really? You don't have any superstitions when you're fishing? <laughs> no, 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 you know what? I have to think about don't. that for a sec. No, no curse. Nope, nope, nope. You know, there's some guys say you got to spit on your first bait when you cast it out. No, nah, I don't do all that stuff here. Hey, what is this? GI Zoe Sports Radio, D Gun. If you want your ass whooped in Madden, add my game ta gamer tag on PlayStation 5. First of all, yeah, I, I can't even tell you the last time I played video games. I love Madden, and I keep telling my family. You know what? I'm going to buy me a PS5. I want to get back into playing Madden. You know, um, and 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 my family looks at me like you know it's that old old commercial when EF Hutton talks, people listen. You know, you remember you remember those old commercials? You know, when somebody would say, "Well, I I I I do my finances with EF Hutton," and everybody would stop in the room and go, you know, and that's my family. What do you mean you want a PS5, Dad? You don't even know how to turn on a PS5. Why do you want a PS5? You know how much money they cost. And, and and Duck Wynn says, D-Gun, you lie like a dog. Really? How do you know? I didn't yeah. know all that stuff, man. When, when, and I'll ask you, though. Think about it for a second. I'm going to ask you when you played your last video game. What do you think Ooh. the last the last video game, not including, like, maybe one of your grandkids or your grandson, whatever, being like, you know, play this, you know, Candy Crush or whatever right. on the right. iPad. Right. When's the last time you grabbed a controller and played a video game, and what game is it? What game jumps to mind as the last game you played? The last game I played would have to have been a Madden game. That was, man, when my son was a teenager maybe, and that was 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago. Wow. Uh, wow. You play video games? Every once in a while. If, if I have like – What system a, do you have? I, I have like a PS4. I played a PS2 – for up until like five years ago, up until like five years ago. And then my, my lovely wife, uh, when we were dating, she gives me a present. Okay. She gives me a present. We were, it was, a uh, uh, what do you call it? It was Christmas. And she says to me, if you don't like this, we could take it back. And I was like, what great gift ever came with a disclaimer, but okay, fine, whatever. So I open it up gunner mm. and it's, it's a watch. She got me a watch. I don't wear watches. No. I've never worn a watch, but she bought me a watch. And I said, thank you so much. And she goes, hey, um, do you, uh, what did she say? She goes, do you want to know what, what the other gift I was thinking about getting you? And I go, uh, sure. Now I'm kind of curious. And she goes, I want to get you, and this is like five, six years ago. I was going to get you a PlayStation 4. I was like, and you got me a watch? I said, hey, you know those slippers I got you? I was going to buy you diamonds, but I, well, I just got your slippers anyway. 
Uh, she didn't like that joke. She didn't like that joke. I thought it was a funny of joke. But she didn't not. like it. Dude, my wife buys me watches. I, dude, if you saw my collection of watches, you'd be impressed. I have. But you know what? But Since you could be a watch guy. I'm not a watch guy. But see, I wear Apple Watch every day because it's more functional. Right, point. And point. I don't go out as many public functions as I used to because I don't have time anymore. I have to turn down more events than I than I go to nowadays. Mm-hmm. Dude, I got a I got a collection of I love Movado watches. I'm oh, oh. okay. Okay. And I got a collection of Movado watches. You'd go, D gun. Uh can I borrow this one? To, <laughs> no, you cannot. No, you can't borrow that one. Nope. Can't borrow this one. <laughs> and they just sit in a case. It's in the case. They don't collect dust because they're well covered, but it's in the case. I have them. I have them hidden. I love it. Right. I love it. I used to love. I mean, my uh, let's see, Movado. Um, what else? What's another one that I have? Um, uh, the Indie Glow, the Indie Glow watches. No, I haven't got that yet. The you know, calculator, calculator watches. Loves his, uh, Invic- in Invicta watches. You know those watches I can't wear because they're big as dinner plates, and Barrett has a wrist big as a dinner plate, so I can't wear those. You know. But, you know, um, uh, I don't even wear what other than this Movado watch every day. It's you know, it, it, we've come to a point. A Movado watch is a cheap one; is three hundred something dollars. Those are our everyday watches now. Think about how many yeah. teenagers you see. Everybody has an a, an Apple Watch now. Okay, uh-huh. and I remember when I was a kid coming up, Timex watch. You know, takes a lick and keeps on ticking. Twenty yeah, bucks. That's what everybody wore. Timex is now the everyday watch is an Apple Watch. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. You can knock it around. You can beat it, submerge it in water. You can do all these things. And you, but it's it's functional because you know it's tied into your phone. So if your phone's laying down and your phone rings, your watch rings. You can do you can do like the old Star Trek. You know, Scotty, beam us up. You know, <laughs> you do, it, it serves a purpose now. Yeah. You know, so it's like I tell, don't buy me watches anymore, please. As much as I love my watches, don't buy me any more watches. The old Dick Tracy, my friend. The old yes. Dick Tracy. There you go. See, uh, you're like with some patico. We're right here. <laughs> hey, before we put a ball in this segment, it, it, it's supposed to be we we're talking about video games and Madden and all that stuff. Josh yeah. Allen's going to be on the cover of Madden. But I do want to ask you this one thing because we haven't touched on it yet. Um, where do you believe? I'm going to throw you this real quick. Then we got to get to the break here. DeAndre Hopkins. What's the latest there, you think? Where is he leaning? Do the Eagles still have a chance yeah. or whatever? DeAndre know, Hopkins, what's the latest? Don't know where he's leaning, but the Eagles have no interest at this time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre wants a certain amount of money. Eagles are not going to pay three wide receivers that kind of money, first of all. Plus, you have to also figure in, do you want to deal with DeAndre's potential sideline antics, his off-the-field antics? Um, that's not the culture that this team cultivates in a locker room. And while I do believe they have the veteran presence to keep any and everybody in line and say, Hey, look, this is how we do things here. They don't want to have to deal with that right now. And they, they shouldn't have to. When you look at the collection of past catchers I have, yes, I know everybody is still down on Quez Watkins. I'm willing to give him one more year and that's it. Why would you, why would you upset the apple cart? This was one of the top offenses in the league without a DeAndre Hopkins. You do not need a DeAndre Hopkins to make this offense flow. There's not enough balls to go around as it is. Would he come in here and be happy with 55, 60 catches when he's used to being 80, 90 catch guy? I don't think so. You don't need a DeAndre Hopkins here. You really don't. Yeah, it does feel like a – I mean, we talked about Bijan Robinson as a potential luxury pick or spoiling pick type of thing. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins would be there ten t- tenfold as that luxury or spoiling 
signing or trade yeah. or whatever or signing it would be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm with you there, Gunner. I'm with you there. You think you think the Browns have a legit chance again? I uh, to get him. I do. You can you can you can move. Yeah, but they're gonna have to move some money. You know, they're gonna have to restructure some contracts. Right. But if they want him bad enough, yeah, they do. You know, yeah. and you put him with Deshaun Watson, and we still don't know what Deshaun Watson is. Dude, hasn't played a full season in what three years? Right. We still yeah. don't know what he is. Can he bounce back and get back to that old Deshaun Watson form we watched down in Houston and were amazed by? Mm. I don't know, but you give him a DeAndre Hopkins, let DeAndre go up there and play. You know, mm. uh, Gunner, do you have a whole list of birthdays? Because I have a list of birthdays. You guys do birthdays in this last segment. I'm in for Rob we do Ellis birthdays today. Birthdays and movies, like movies that were released on this day. Gotcha. Like okay. big-time big movies or movies that people know. Okay. So we usually do that in about the last 10 minutes of the show. Copy that. Um, so by the time we take this last commercial break and come back, we'll have a little room to talk about whatever you'd like to talk to uh, talk about, Mr. Farzetta, because <laughs> I am here for you. <laughs> and then we can close the show out like we always do with birthdays and movies. Wonderful. Then you can come over and uh, you can change the igniter on my grill because I need a new igniter. Dude, let me tell you something. Go out and buy a new grill. <laughs> Here's why. Years ago, I had a had a, had a grill. I won't say the name because I don't want to disrespect anybody's product. Yeah, sure. Okay. But, you know, um, I was going to change the igniter and the and the uh, the lines in the you know. Where oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I went out and priced them at Home Depot or Lowe's, and all the parts I needed to redo the grill came out to like hundred fifty dollars for everything. And I said, Why am I going to buy all this? I can buy a new grill for a little bit more. So that's what yeah. I did. So I spent some money and I bought this uh, charbroil infrared gas grill although the gas grill is my last option i like to use mm. um i brought a char I bought a charbroil infrared i love it all right all right all right when we come back we're going to touch on the lane johnson comments from uh, a little bit earlier in the show and then we'll go through our birthdays and movie releases we'll be back in a second here on sports take run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, it was just made known to me that uh, I was looking at the wrong clock. I was looking at the showtime clock and not the time of day, like an idiot. What is wrong so, with you? I repeated kindergarten. Where do you want to start? Anyway. I ain't going to you repeat it. Uh, yeah, we got like uh, less than 15 minutes. So, Gunner, real quick, uh, Lane Johnson talked about uh, Tyler Steen as a legitimate potential right guard replacement for Isaac Sayamalo, uh, not Cam Jurgens. How real is Tyler Steen at right guard for the Eagles? Um, Jurgens is an option and a definitive option. But if Lane Johnson says it, I believe it. Uh, and obviously Lane is listening and watching and looking at a lot different perspective of what we get to see. You know, you think about from a media perspective, we only get limited amount of time to stand out there and to watch the practice. And in some days with these limited OTAs, you know, t- today they, uh, the players had a day off and I think they conclude the OTAs tomorrow. So we really don't get to see a lot of it. But Lane's in there every day talking to the guys, coaching them up as well, yeah, answering their questions. Uh, listening to what they may ask the coaches and things like that. So, therefore, if Lane feels that this gargantuan of a man who's 6'6", 315, is a viable option to to plug that hole on the right side, I've got to believe it, man. I'm going to give context. I'm going to give full context so people know what we're talking about here. Yesterday, Lane Johnson, when he addressed the media, he was asked about what he's looking for in a right guard, and he didn't just say, well, Cam Jurgens is great, and he's awesome, and he's amazing. He later talked about the fact that Cam Jurgens is great, and he's huge, and he can really move mountains and all that. But when he answered the question, he said, you know, both these guys that are coming in here, I'm like, both? Who the hell's the other one? Oh, my God, that's right. It's the rookie. It's Steen, who is the left tackle for Alabama. Left tackle, not right guard, not even on the right side of the line of scrimmage. Left tackle. And the Eagles did surprise everyone when they did draft him this past draft, saying that they announced him as a guard and not as a tackle, which I'm I'm fine with. I like uh, offensive line depth, but it was the first time I heard a player really go out of their way to talk about Steen even being here, let alone potentially competing, or not even potentially, but competing for the starting right guard job on this uh, Philadelphia Eagles offensive line to take over for Isaac Sayamalo. Uh, but, yes, he did talk about Cam Jurgens as well. But that was a direct question about uh, Cam Jurgens When he was asked about the right guard spot, he yeah. reintroduced Tyler Steen to my mind. I must apologize to you. I'm listening to what you're saying, but I'm also – my oldest daughter, she knows what I do every day. But, you know, she has these two kids that are 22 months and nine months old. God bless so you. Every, everything they do, 
is is a picture or video. So she sends me while I'm doing the show. She goes, look at long, hey, look at how long Eli is standing up by himself. Now he'll be ten months old. Wait, ten months old the 26th of this month, and this kid's about to take off walking. So now he's debalancing it. Now I had three kids I had to watch. I had three other grandkids I got I had to watch it. But I gotta watch. I gotta see a video because did you Go see it? That? Did you see it? That did you? Yeah, yeah. It's not gonna leave my phone. I'll see it, but. But I'll look sooner rather than later. I got to hear about it. Yeah. See, most people are married to just one person. I have three wives. My two daughters, you know, where are you? When are you going to be back? Why, are you, why, are you, why did you go there? Why didn't you tell me you were going? You don't tell me everywhere you're going. Why do I got to tell you everywhere I'm going? Why you got to be nosy? Well, I won't say nosy because then I'm in, I'm in a doghouse if I say nosy. My words, not yours. You know, um, and it's like, Okay, I looked at the video. Can I go back to what I'm doing now to pay my bills? Uh, oh, boy. Did so you see, the, did you see it? Did you watch the video? Yes, I watched it. It was so cute. How long was he standing up? For a good 20, 25 seconds. And yeah. how old is he? He'll be 10 months. And he's been wanting to walk for the last month. This dude, he's uh, he'll be 10 months to 26th of this month. All right, then what? He'll be driving himself into that sled, pushing the sled. You'll be standing on it. Now go, go, go. I'll, be, I'll be teaching him grills. I'll be teaching him grilling techniques when he's one. I said, look, I know you won. I know you won, but you're going to be grilling at one years old, so you better get ready. Copy that. Uh, Gunner, do you have celebrity birthdays? Do you have movies? What do you got? Yes. Do you want to do – wait, let me, you want to do your list first, or you want me to do mine? Now, are these my favorites, or are these just what I'm – what I what, what's, what's today? The birthdays are people, famous people who were born on this day, which is June 7th. Okay. So, you know, we run down the list. We try to tell how old they are. And if, of course, if they're deceased, we just basically say they were born on this day. Okay. In 1897. So, whatever name that you mentioned, I will mark it off my list and then I will fill in the gaps, my friend. All right. My first three are no longer with us, unfortunately. First three? First three are no longer with us. Okay. Who you got? All right. Number one, I got Thurman Munson. Oh, yeah. Passed away in the plane crash. Uh, years old. Yeah, 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 yep. Uh, two-time World Series champion with the Yankees. I believe a three-time Gold Glover and MVP. Yep. yep. Uh, I I knew the story of Thurman Munson growing up. I've never been a Yankees fan, but mad respect to Thurman Munson. I've been a boxing fan my entire life. My grandfather was a boxing fan. Yeah. So Burt Sugar, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, phenomenal boxing writer, sports writer. Burt Sugar was born on this day in 1937, and then Derek Gunn. What? Every, you said three. Don't put my name on that list. Every, you, said, <laughs> you said three. Don't say Derek Gunn. Derek Gunn. This has just been uh, artificial intelligence. It's just been AI doing the show with me for the last three hours. No, here you go. Ready? This is just for you, baby. Everybody loves somebody sometimes. Dean Martin born on this day, 1917. My man, Dino, Dean Paul Crocetti, my you friend. Go. You know who Dean Martin used to beat the crap out of in his old neighborhood in Ohio? Ooh. Jimmy the, Greek. Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> oh, Jimmy I'm the sorry. Greek. Jimmy the Greek. Jimmy the Greek. Jimmy the Greek? Yeah, he would beat up Jimmy the Greek. They knew each other back in the day. A lot of people wanted to beat up Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Who you got? That's only it. You only had three? Well, it's just the three that have passed. Yeah, don't you have others? Liam Neeson. Oh, I love Liam. This dude, he's killing everybody. I love <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> 71 years old today. Um, uh, this name is a name from the past. Dave Navarro. Okay. Musician Dave Navarro. I knew him. I wasn't a big music guy, uh, growing up, as you could tell by me loving Dean Martin and like none of the other bands. But anyway, 
Um, he was married to Carmen Electra. And that was a day and age for me where I was like, wow, he's marrying Carmen Electra. Amazing. So anyway. I think you still talk like that. Okay. And then finally, yes. a six-foot guard from Georgetown, Allen Iverson. Hello, boy. There you go. There you go. All right. I got a whole list of them yelling. You, are you ready? Go for it. Because I know you are a man of the culture, so – uh, I'm going to start out with uh, one of the greatest musicians of all time, Prince. Oh, definitely. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Born on this day in 1958. Dig, if you will, the picture. You and I engaged in a kiss. Okay, that's enough. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. You Bear Gr- the, the, the survivor dude? Yes. You know this dude? This dude is uh, he's eating goat testicles. And he's drinking the fluids from elephant dung. Can you believe this? That's some sick stuff right there, man. I love watching him, but I sit there like this. <laughs> I ain't doing it. I'd be dead. You talking See, about- you're, No, you're my Bear grills. You're my Bear grills, uh, Gunner. Because yeah. I could, yeah. if I was in the wilderness, I would be by your side because I know you know how to survive. I do. You're right. But I ain't, eating, yeah. I ain't, drink, I ain't drinking fluid from an elephant dung, and I ain't eating... No, no goat testicle. So I'll, I'll, I'll have a goat testicle. I'll have a goat testicle. What? Put it in a nice marinara. I'll be. I'll have it. All right. I, I, you know what? This is a family show. I got to keep going. Yeah, a producer Tone told us we got four minutes left in the show. All right. Uh, you remember? Uh, do you know the actress Emily Radic- uh, Radikowski? The actress, yep. model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the movie yeah. Gone Girl. She a great role in Gone Girl. Um, she was great in Gone Girl. She was even better in the uh, the, the 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 Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. Inter, uh, the music video. Yes. yes. Uh, we got Bill Hader's 43rd line uh, from <laughs> SNL. Bill Hader, one of the greatest impressionists of all time. Sorry, look, you don't have time to tell a story behind every name I give you, okay? Stop. All right. Carl Urban, he was in two of the three Lord of the Rings. He's 51 years of age. Okay. Tom Jones is not unusual. He's 83, still with us today. Hey. Christian McCaffrey's 27. Uh, Fetty Wap, you know, I love the song Trap Queen. Fetty Wap is 32 today. Anna Kornikova, still uh, strong, 42 mm. years old. Oh. Mm. Michael Sarah, uh, who was in the movie Super Bad, Arrested Development, is 35. Iggy Azalea, uh, the rapper, is 33. Lance Reddick from The Wire and John Wick movie series. Uh, I didn't notice he passed away this year. Yeah, he did. He passed away in March. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was born on this day in 1962. Jessica Tandy is the only one, the oldest woman ever to win an Oscar at 80 years of age for uh, Driving Miss Daisy. That's right. Yep, born on this day in 1909. Mick Foley, the great WWE wrestler. Mankind. And a great humanitarian as well. Does a lot of stuff for children. William Forsyth from Gotti, Boardwalk Empire, raising in uh, Arizona, 68 today. Ken Osmond, who played a role that I think you're very similar to. He played Eddie Haskell and leave it to be. <laughs> He's 80 years old today. Superstar Billy Graham, the former wrestler, is 80 years old today. John Walton, who's a John Walton, who's the heir to right. the uh, Walton, the Walmart Empire, 75. Ellie Reed, the great record producer, is 67 today. Uh Kim Whitley, a comedian, funny comedian. She is 62 today. Uh Momar Gaddafi. Uh, who, 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 uh, yes, I mean, he's a historic figure, yes. Okay, he led the uh, revolution in Libya, 
uh, was born on this day in 42. David Montgomery, running back for Detroit Lions, 26. James Ivory, A Room with a View, great movie film director. He's won seven Academy Awards, 95. Cassie Russell, the former Knicks guard, uh, great guard, 79. Mike Badano, former great NHL player, yeah. 53. Daniel House of the 76ers is 30. You know who Kim Pagula is? No. She and her husband own the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. She's 54, and uh, the drummer for Leonard Skinner, Michael uh, Cardellone, is 61. All right. All right. You got any movies? We have time for, oh, it's 257. We're supposed to be out of here. Real quick, movies. Uh, The Goonies. Hey, you guys. The Purge, 2013. The Rock with Sean Connery, 1996, came out on this day. Dark Phoenix, great movie, 2019. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, 1991. <laughs> Face Off, 1997. 2002, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, which I did not like. Okay. That's it. You got to go, man. Derek Gunn, great hanging out with you. Shout out to Rob Ellis. I assume he'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Yep. Uh, thanks to our man, Tone, for producing. Thanks to everyone that watched, everyone in the chat. All you guys are great. Gunner, I'll see you soon. I know I'll probably bother you to come on my show. I'll Good. be back with you guys tonight for the Jacob Media Phillies post-game show, so don't miss that after the Phillies game starts and, at 6.05 today. And don't forget, coming up next is the National Football Show with our man, Dan Celio. Big sales coming up next, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, everybody. See you. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.